May 31st, 1998, the makers of Independence Day rebooted Godzilla and made us all appreciate a guy in a rubber suit. It seemed like the end for the Spice Girls when Ginger announced she was leaving, until Posh remembered you can substitute allspice, nutmeg, or in a pinch, cinnamon. The European Central Bank was established, replacing the European Monetary Institute, which itself replaced Lord Baron Thistlewig's treasure vault in his iron keep, located at the highest peak of the Lonely Mountain. Meanwhile, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Stone Cold and Dude Love had a match. I mean a no-disqualification match. I mean a false count anywhere match at Over the Edge in your house. Look at me! I'm so big! This is Hell on a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. Joining me as always, seeing this for the first time, we've got Eric Silver, who, if I'm doing the math right, this uh, pay-per-view would have come out right around your senior prom and graduation? I'm not even going to check the math anymore. Yes, that is when it came out. Uh, Let's see. Funny story about my senior prom. I... Uh, did a party bus so I was out I, I had my senior prom out in Long Island well my school was out in Long Island my senior prom because when you when you go to Long Island schools a lot of times I think your senior prom winds up being in like Manhattan uh-huh. so we had our senior prom in Manhattan so we got together got a party bus and did everything that was within our reaches to do on the party bus like got super high got very very drunk and uh, when I showed up at the prom, the principal was standing outside, like, saying hello to every student, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure was, like, his way of checking to make sure every, everyone was okay. Uh-huh. And I don't know how I pulled it together, but, like, I was just basically like, hello. <laughs> like, you were actually shaking his hand going, maintain, maintain, right. maintain. <laughs> hello, sir. I will not vomit today. <laughs> um and also, he, like, knew my mom because uh, my mom's a, a teacher and, and, and an administrator. And so they had, like, interacted in the past before. So, like, it was a lot of, a lot of yeah, interacting that way, <laughs> in the carnal way. Um, yeah, so there, it was, there were a lot of stakes. And then I went in and definitely vomited in the bathroom. Sure. Uh, yeah, and rallied? It was, it was great. What? And rallied? Oh, I, I always rally. I'm, I'm actually very good at booting and rallying. Did you did you stay out all night? Yeah, uh, let's see. I, yeah, I, I stayed out. We went to we probably went to Dawn Delirium afterwards, which is I don't know if you guys have that, but um, uh, schools try to prevent you from like drinking afterwards, so they like have a party where they give away a car. We never got a car or anything. We had um, ours was called prom breakfast. It was more like people dressing up in like the giant sumo suits and running into each other and. I think there was a raffle for like a TV was the big one. Oh, oh well, I guess you know. Look, I had a, I went to his good school district. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't win the car, um, but yeah. So and then we left and uh, hung out at a friend's house where we all just partied and slept. And then uh, my brother's wife at the time. This is this is like multiple stories in this. My uh, my brother's wife at the time. Uh, she was really big into like. Uh, singing the national anthem, not not like not like as a hobby, like 
in her own house. She would perform at Chase Stadium. Okay. So she like there were I think maybe like three times that she. So performed basically, at you Chase chose Stadium. the weirdest way to say that she was like asked to perform at multiple places. She was not asked. Okay. She she applied. That's why I was said she was into singing. <laughs> She. This was something Wait, you she can apply to sing the national anthem at a stadium. Maybe at Chase Stadium. I don't know if City Field lets that shit fly. Now they're just like, "Are you in the service?" Hold on. Before we we get any further, Bobby is being very polite over the yeah, corner. We've you, also Bobby. got Bobby Hankinson, who, if I'm doing the math right with you, you successfully made it through seventh grade, which is a big accomplishment. Almost close. I feel like uh, school goes to June, so mm-hmm. I'm still like white knuckling the last few months. But at the end, isn't that just like you bring in your cleaning supplies and clean the desks? Wait, is that just a thing that they did in... When you're a teacher? Yeah. Uh, no, I was. <laughs> I went to like a private Catholic school, and so they would make us bring in like cleaning products and like clean the room at the end of the year. No, nope, definitely not no. to do that. No, <laughs> nope, that, that sounds not, like that some Episcopalian shit too. <laughs> anyway, wow, I no. just I just got some new layers on my life. Uh, no, I don't think what I was doing around this time, like, seventh grade, yeah, probably just, like, this is, like, a big, like, blackout spot in my brain, so, couldn't tell you. I'm sure with therapy it'll come back eventually. Yeah, we're gonna regression therapy on it right now, yep. <laughs> Alright, so picture this, day after prom, uh-huh. uh, my, my sister-in-law, who we did not like, like, hated, um, and it's okay that this comes out now because everybody hates her now. Wait, but were you just jealous because she had such a beautiful voice and, you're, <laughs> and you thought you should be singing at Shea Stadium? Is, uh, is that the root of this? There is no jealousy. I just knew I was better at singing. <laughs> no, so she she like had applied. She's I think she performed for them like three times uh, for for Shea Stadium three times, and the first two times we went and like it was it was fine. Um, the problem is when you sing the national anthem, if, if you've ever been in, sung in a stadium before, um, <laughs> there's, an, there's, a, there's an echo. So when she was singing, the first time she sang, just like went out and sang, and the echo in the stadium, because like sound takes a while to travel, was throwing her off yeah. on like being, uh, pi- I don't know, pitch perfect or whatever you want to call it. So she, you know, she had problems the first time. The second time, and this is how you know when it took place, the second time she had recorded, uh, like, a, she had a, a Walkman, and she had recorded a tape of herself uh, singing. So she had the, the headphones in that she, and, like, was listening to herself singing and singing along to that. So that second time it worked. Now, the third time was when I had my prom. I couldn't go to it because I had my prom. But what I found out was when I woke up the next morning at, like, noon apparently when she and like you know when you go sing like they give you tickets for your family to go right. so my you're parents mad, you didn't win a car so you're coming into this already in a shitty mood because you didn't win the car yeah i you know i was just like well whatever no no but the next morning you know like uh they had all gone like they had tickets they, they all went and, and watched her apparently while she was singing the tape and the walkman stuck and she like it was the, the Walkman broke. It wasn't. It wasn't working. She tried to sing one note without the Walkman, and her voice cracked or whatever. And she goes, "I can't do this," and walked off the field while people were booing. <laughs> All of Shea Stadium booed my sister-in-law like lustily, and it didn't stop there. Every they, they didn't. Nobody stayed for the game. We like. I mean, nobody. People in the in the stadium did. <laughs> Nobody in my family stayed for the game. The whole stadium was like, no anthem, no, yeah. no baseball. We gotta go. No, We are out. The home of the what? 
We gotta go. So we they they left, and apparently it was such a big deal that the next day, um, like I or I guess for a couple days, it was like in the news, and I believe like Howard Stern was like talking about it on his show. And my sister-in-law called in to defend herself on Howard Stern. Worst choice. Like the worst. It choice. was. It was kind of one of the most amazing things to hear about because I was just like, like I'm okay. I'm glad I had my prom, but I'm kind of sad I missed yeah. this. Yeah, I've recently learned that um, people being lustily booed at baseball games is my kink. Um, <laughs> so hearing this story does um, get me a little hot and bothered. Thank you for that. I know it was a long way to get there, but I hope it was worth but it. But truly, honestly, very worth it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, have you looked for it on YouTube? I don't... Ooh. It's gotta exist. It might. We, this is, let's put a pin yeah. on this and definitely circle back. <laughs> You'll okay. get... Uh, we'll check in our episode notes. We'll put it in there if it's in there. Bobby, anything to add from this time period? Yeah, not really, no. no. But this is... I, I, when we get to the actual like WWF stuff... Oh, oh plenty, yes. This is my... I mean, like, watching this felt, like, so fucking thrilling, because mm-hmm. this feels like, now we are fucking cooking. Like, this, I remember, this, like, being, I, like, even just watching it was so thrilling again. I was, like, taken right back to being a kid. So that's I, I will say, there, uh, when we get to the pay-per-view, there's a, there was a, a, a specific moment in the pay-per-view where I was like, oh, oh, wait, oh, like... There's a lot, yeah. It wasn't throughout the whole pay-per-view, but there was a moment yeah. where I was like, oh, we're there. We're oh, yeah. this here. Is, this is the best and worst of Attitude right before us. So this is what I think this is a really great pay-per-view for us to talk about, because I think it really is some of the best and some of the worst parts of the Attitude Era overall writ large. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was thrilling. I feel like seventh grade, th- my life was WWF. That was my life. That was the only thing I cared about, what I cared about the most. Um, and it was basically like, when can I read the next wrestling magazine? Can I get it at every grocery store I go to? And also like, at w- how much longer can I play with these wrestling figures before someone catches wise? Well, we'll get to it in just a second. But before we do that, HF Festival 1998. We had Fuel. We had Harvey Danger. We had Fastball. We had Save Ferris. We had the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Okay. And that was all on the outside stage. Wait. Wow. Okay, wait. So let's start... Uh, I think I think we we can definitely name a song from each of those. Oh, right? oh, thousand percent! I think I had the albums for every single band. Yeah, except for Cherry Pop and Daddies, I think I had Fuel, an album for everything else. Fuel was uh, like Shimmer. Hey Man, Nice Shot. From. No, that's no, cool. that's no. Yes, no. no. Fuel, it's not Fuel though. Fuel is Shimmer. No, yes, you were thinking of Filter. <laughs> filter, filter. You're right. you're filter. Shit, then I can't do Filter, but I can do Harvey. Fuel Danger. was like Call Me From the Cold. Just when I was low. when I was in my band in high school, we used to play. We used to cover that song. Wow. Uh, I used to. I think that song actually holds up, and it's still yeah. a pretty good song. Honestly. I didn't like it back then, honest. But but and sort of fastball I, actually. Fastball is the way. Oh yeah. no, the I, I hate that song. What I still I hate like that. Song I too. hate that song so much because in this time I had my clock radio tuned to WHFS, which is the same radio station, and it seemed like every morning when my alarm went off for school, it was to the way by fastball. Yeah. Fastball was getting a big push. They were real over at this point. She went and of the night and they started packing. I don't, I don't like that fucking tune. <laughs> but Save Ferris had that, has that kick-ass Come on Eileen cover, which uh-huh. I still yes. listen, which is like still pops up on playlists for me all the well, time. Well, first of all, it's, uh, when you have ska or punk doing a cover. Of like, like an 80s song? Of, 100%. Yeah, or like like when uh, Me First and the Gimme Gimme's did oh, Rocket Man. Or anything. Or anything. <laughs> I had so many of those like uh, punk goes 80s to compilation CDs or whatever from yeah. Hot Topic. Uh, my favorite was when Less Than Jake put out an entire album of the Grease soundtrack. Oh. Whoa. Guys, we gotta have like a, a pop punk ska listening party one day. Tim okay. and I did it once. It's great. Okay, okay, okay. Main stage though. 
Semisonic, Soul Coughing, Marcy Playground, Wyclef Jean, Bare Naked Ladies, Everclear, Mighty Mighty Boston's, B-52s, Foo Fighters, Scott Weiland, Green Day, The Crystal Method. Wow. wow. The first half of that lineup, I was like, they could have been inside or outside. They yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. First of all, Wyclef kind of sucks in concert. First of all, Wyclef is amazing in concert. I've seen him several times. Oh, I, I saw him what, like when he when he came to my school, and it was not good. He I just saw basically, him when he came like, to my DJ'd. school, and it was amazing. I don't I think you just don't have good taste in what your concerts Whoa. are. Ooh. No, I don't know. Maybe he would maybe he just had an off off night, but it sucked. But yeah, I would go see Wyclef Jean in concert today. Really? Yes. Um and I also went to the senior prom that year as a sophomore. As a sophomore? Whoa. Yeah. Sexy. Yeah. Well, it should have been except I was a dumb sophomore who was like, "Well, we're just going as friends" and didn't read all of the signs that she was throwing at me. Oh, God. I wish I could just, like, shake young Aaron and just be like, <laughs> get that dick wet. Yeah. Carson Puss. Uh, he's made up for its sense, guys. By the way, talk to mom just before you came over. Uh, she says hi to you both. Oh. Hi, mom. Hi, Patty. All right. Should we get into it? Hell yeah. yeah let's do it. Because holy shit, this intro. Wow. Before we even get to it, the first thing to note about this is this is the first TV 14 pay-per-view yes. we've done. And I think that is very obvious from a lot of the content. From Vader, for from, sure. Yeah. There's a lot of things here that are very... We are in TV 14 now, which now we know we've only been watching wrestling as a family uh, in the TV PG era. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time that the three of us have started watching TV 14 WWFE. And I think it's going to be a while ride. And it goes TV 14 until what, like 2007? I believe until Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. I think that's when it switched over. If I recall then correctly. it goes right into that like, period. that's snuff films. <laughs> Sorry. <Yikes. laughs> but we have this crazy 1984. Has Vince McMahon read 1984, do you think? No, Definitely but Vince not. Russo for sure. Did. Like... <laughs> I think this is the the best intro we've seen. I was like, this is fucking dope. Yeah. Well, because, oh, it's very good. Because it wasn't a monologue, but you understood all the stakes and, and the entire thesis just from that intro. Absolutely. What were the... I, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, the stock footage um, was authoritarian yeah. something. But, like, was the stock footage Nazis marching or was it Stalin marching? I'm pretty sure they, were, they were communists. They were probably communists? Yeah, okay. because I, I think I caught Stalin in there a they, few times. But that's the thing, though. They, they mix all a bunch of shit. So yeah. I definitely saw Stalin. But now, like, was it Stalin? And then was it, like, Russians? Was it just like, oh, we'll I just know. throw in some fucking Nazis? At one point, Nazis? I was like, was that a Mussolini thing? Like, I wasn't sure what was happening. We all know noted communist Vince McMahon, <laughs> who likes to spread the wealth to everybody. Yeah, no, that was... There was a lot going on. Also, um... Oh, there's a lot going my, on. My, my uh... My note was also, what the fuck happened to Dude Love? Which you're going to get into, I'm yes, sure. Yes, yes, uh, Welcome to Mr. McMahon's Utopia. Mm. That, like, you know what? It's a, it was, it's a very jarring, it's becoming a very jarring thing because I haven't been watching the Raws to see the way that Vince McMahon has morphed. Yeah, it's... And, and it, gets, it gets crazier later, but like, but just like the, the... You like you will all dress the same, and then you have DX like you tell us what to wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this is all, and this is like happy accidents, and like it's again. There's so much, and we'll talk a lot about it. I think in the main event tonight, but there is 
so much watching this that reminded me of things we take for granted now that were so fresh and original and done so well back then that they've been trying to recapture ever since without nearly as much success. And after that intro, you would I was expecting like a set out of uh, like the wall when he like yes. yeah or with like a lot of like red banners and stuff like that. And instead, we just get a whole bunch of cars everywhere, as though this whole pay per view is taking pet place in the ravine where Thelma and Louise fell. I was also, gonna say the junkyard from Superman three, where <laughs> Superman fights himself. I also want to know why Ken Shamrock is on this poster, not anywhere on the card. He's screaming he's, because I don't he's think not he's injured. In- <laughs> like I'm, I don't like where is no he? he well is he, he injured. Um yes, he is injured. Okay. He's... I also apparently need to come up with a new slammy over the course of uh, oh, tonight. So, oh, it's fine. But I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, no, like, he's screaming because he's not in the pay per view. And I kept googling, and I was like, "Am I watching the wrong thing?" It was like driving me crazy. So he, um, well, you know what it like, is? It's over the edge, and he typifies it, except in when they want to, uh, you know, book the program. <laughs> yeah. So he, and we'll go into what's going on with him when we get into the to the DX vs. the Nation yeah. stuff later on. Okay. Yeah, with the trivia, I didn't know if he was in, I didn't know if he was injured or like what the deal is. But I'm pretty is sure he he's definitely post, he's or? definitely kayfabe injured. I'm guessing it's covering up for he's probably still injured from that the same reason that he wasn't wrestling in that last pay per view. Remember where he was on the yeah, apron? Yeah, he was on the apron because yeah. he was oh because he was actually injured. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, uh. And, and you know, at first, it, at first it's funny, but like I do actually have a real issue with this. I'm like, why would you, why would you take such a good intro and then follow it up with this cornball music that's just like uh, Castro GTX presents? Is it Castro? Uh, yeah, I think so. With Castro- an L at the end, it's not Castro. Like all of like- a sudden, I'm like, is it Castro? Like Fidel Castro? No, or like this, I was thinking the neighborhood in San Francisco. The Castro? No, it's Castrol with an elephant. Okay, good. Okay, because yeah. that's a little too close to the the Stalin stuff. Castro <laughs> GTX presents, and I'm like, and then they, they then they have like the woo woo woo, and like you set up this amazing thing. Why wouldn't you have thematically for the entire mm-hmm. show like this, like no 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 no, and like and or like you know play the play the Soviet anthem, do something. So that people feel like they're in a fucking police state. <laughs> that would be cool. Drag out audience members. Yes. Make them put confess black, their put sins. Black bags the... over their head and then make them film I am doing okay. Vincent McMahon is being very kind to me. Yes. Do well, that's st- Jim Ross did that, basically. <laughs> do struggle sessions with all of the audience members. Make them admit their their crimes against the, the working class. But I do think, again, this is, like, very a hallmark of the Attitude Era. There's a lot of ideas, and a lot of them are, are like, half-baked and, like, are dropped immediately and are, like, they book themselves into a corner repeatedly and they don't see it completely through. So they have this great opening, and yeah. then they're like, yeah, like, it's it's all out the window. They don't capitalize on it all the way. Yeah. So that's something we're going to see over and over and over again, even when the good is good. Cool, cool, cool. So should we go to the first stupid match? Oh, oh, one say one thing I'll say is the you know for the First Amendment part of this the signs, it's just all the signs is just everyone telling everybody to suck it. Yeah, uh-huh. that like, was just 1998. Yeah, they're just like suck it, suck it, suck it, suck yeah. it, suck it, suck it. Like doing a little dance like this, suck it, dance. Yeah, it's like I am Groot. Like the, yeah. the inflection on your suck it, let everybody know how they felt about you. Uh, this first match though is 
Garbage? Garbage. Um, yeah. My notes say DOA versus LOD is a real POS. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. And it's even so, so Eric, I, I, the, the lead up to this is one of the fucking dumbest things ever. So, uh, so DOA had a non-title match against the New Age Outlaws and they won. And so they got a title shot after that. But then Hawk and Animal showed up and they were like, you got you guys don't have the balls to have an eight-man tag against us at the DOA. So DOA just lost their title shot because LOD wanted to tag with them against DX. <sighs> Man. Yeah, that heavy sigh is well-placed. Yeah. Um, also, who's, who's Draws? Okay, so okay. Draws yes. used to play for the Denver Broncos. He's like a football signee. He's brought in, he kind of has like a, he's famous because he once got sick on the field and threw up on the ball. Which I could not find on YouTube. I looked all over the place. Apparently he's, this is an answer to Trivia Pursuit question. Um, well, anyway, if we can't get him vomiting on the ball, we're not going to get my sister-in-law like fucking up an anthem. <laughs> Look, I am king of the internet. I will make this happen. Oh. Um, so that's who he is. And he's recently been like picked up by LOD as like their... Like uh, kind of like a partner or something, even in the odds against the DOA, because it's kind of like a way to give him a little bit of a push. Um, his thing is that he pukes before the match, if I recall correctly, because I remember he was doing like mostly like squash matches and stuff. He's a new character those last few months. Wait, wait, his gimmick is puking. Yeah, well, he's he, known as puke. Well, he actually, like um, he was had a, a nervous like vomiting condition that is he that had. real. I, I looked it up. Okay. I, I It might have just been from Wikipedia, but yeah. that he had a, a nervous vomiting condition that he actually had to see a psychiatrist for. Whoa. I wasn't sure how much of that was real or not. I knew he really did throw up. I knew he really made himself throw up then before matches as like part of the gimmick. Um, that, first of all, I mean, look, I am, the, as I said, I am the king of boot and rally, but imagine like you're doing like close quarters wrestling with somebody and they've got vomit breath. Like, it's one <laughs> thing if you're drunk and you just can't help it, but, like, <laughs> come on, dude. And I have to tell you, Eric, promise me you will not Google him in the meantime. Okay. There's, like, a lot of stuff that happens with him that's very big, and I don't want you to accidentally spoil something. So, save so, there's a, there's so a... avoid avoid any draws. It's not, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but something's going to happen with him, and I, I'm going to want your genuine reactions. Are you it. telling me you don't want me to wear any underwear because you want me to avoid draws? <laughs> Get out of here. Get out. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Get out. Mango seltzer. No. No. <laughs> no. Um, who are the faces in this match? LOD is the face, which is stupid because DOA has a legitimate gripe against them because they cost him a title shot. It's weird, though, because DOA... Um, I don't know if this was ever on the pod, but Bobby um, observed that in tag matches... The, the face spot is at the top back corner of the of the ring, and DOA was in the top back corner. Yeah, so that I, was weird to me. Yeah, because that usually is how it is. They want the hard camera on the faces when they get the hot tag, is what I assume is what it is. Um, I'm not sure, I, and it may not be a Feels rule. like neither of them was really a face. Yeah. Well, but audience-wise... Yeah, audience LOD. was 100% behind LOD. Right, it's just... It, it's, I, this is why it's a weird booking, because, like... They, I don't know what was supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, there is one quote that I thought was kind of funny. Um, it was Lawler saying, you should never use big words when a diminutive word will do, would do better. I LOL'd. I like it's that. kind of clever. It's very It's funny. a very clever thing. I actually thing. think throughout the night, JR and the King are 
really doing their best on commentary. I, Jigger, yeah. I mean, the king is so fucking obnoxious, but that's his job. Well, um, right now in in real life, where the night after um, the king referred to Umberto Carrillo as a jumping bean. Oh yes. And I don't think there's any doubt as to what kind of jumping bean he meant. So it's good to see him like actually like inform. Yeah, I think they both were doing great on commentary all night. Uh, I think they both honestly were a huge part of the main event as well. Um, but one thing they keep harping on is how old the LOD is. That's like the ongoing joke. And like, I sure. believe during this match that Hawk is like 37. And like right now, I think AJ Styles is like 41. And like they're harping on Hawk and Animal being these old guys, and they're actually not that old at this point. <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah, it's like so funny, but like time. now, but now I mean, obviously now we have folks like the Undertaker, but even like the young guys, AJ Styles or whatever, is still like not sure. Spring chicks. I'm AJ saying- Styles isn't young. He he's like he's. I mean, the thing is, he's got that he's got the pedigree, and it's a different thing, right? Because he was the idea with AJ Styles was that he was always in indie or an out or an uh, of in other promotions and so you know yeah he's old but he this is like he's new to wwe and so like he's he's a fresh face but he brings with him all of these years it's like it's like calling vader old it's almost like i I feel like the more the problem is that like lod is so not cool well here's you know what i mean like that's That's probably it's like it's old person energy is that what they have more than anything else maybe and hawk is at least 60 in cocaine years that's yes 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 well (laughs) (laughs) Um, my my least favorite part of this match is when hawk oversold the missed clothesline he jumps the top rope misses the clothesline and then it's like goes keeps going straight up the other side of the ring and i was like that's (laughs) what there was a weird moment for me in this one where um skullball was uh pile driving hawk and it was like a missed pile driver. <laughs> How do you dis- and, and they, then the commentary team was like, "Oh, he missed the pile driver." How do they decide whether it's a missed pile driver? Like, because every single time it's a missed pile driver. Yeah, I think it depends on how obvious it is to the okay. audience. And I think that one was so obvious to the audience. That they, they knew, that he knew not to sell it? And they do that, and I think they do that on so much of the stuff now where you hear, like, they didn't get all of that. Like, they have to kind of, like, compensate on the fly when, like, a move just, like, isn't done as clean or they show too much light or too much, you know, between. It's, is that the sports part of the sports entertainment? Tis. Tis indeed. Um... So Skull and 8-Ball are identical twins? Is that a is that a bit? Or is that like a supposed to be a real... Th- is that like a shoot? Or what? I think one, I thought are. one was taller. <laughs> You're like, listen, they are fraternal at best. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell the fucking difference between these two guys. Yeah, but also, isn't it just because like they're they're both extremely forgettable and bald? Yeah, I think they I mean this... I hate DOA. I, I hate it. I'm so over it. I can't believe they're still here. Um, well, we should all then be happy because this is the last pay-per-view appearance of Chains. Thank fucking Christ. Wait, but we still have eight ball and <laughs> No, I am not thankful. <laughs> you saw the, 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 the gears in my head were turning and they're like, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got a few more months of these guys God hanging around. Damn it. Skull and eight ball are twins. Um, unclear if it's identical or fraternal, but their names are Don and Ron Harris. <laughs> <laughs> They should have really just gone as Don and Ron. Skull and Ball. You had you had some shitty dad who's like, oh, what is your son gonna make? Don. Oh, and your other one, Ron. Don. Moving on. Fully Donald and Ronald. Like, (laughs) oh yeah. I would for sure buy a Donald Ronald T-shirt in a heartbeat. I would never wear a Skull (laughs) and Eight Ball T-shirt. Wouldn't it be great if their last name was McDonald though? So it'd be like Ronald and Donald McDonald. (laughs) 
What was the point of the DOA switch? Like the the twin switch? It was twin did? magic. So like the Bellas used to do it. No, all I know, the time. but like what was the point so of the So the match? idea is that um I think it was uh Skull was down and so he'd been like beaten down and close to like finishing status. So Skull, who's the fresher of the two, gets him out of the ring, and now the other team thinks that they're going against the weakened opponent, but they're going against the strong opponent. But like, playing possum. But like did it actually come to fruition in any real so way? No, no, but but in the lead up to this, he'd done it a couple of times. The ending oh, of this match was botched, too. So that's also part of it. Okay. That's why it felt a little sloppy. When the after this switch, Draws was supposed to, like, even the score, and he missed his cue, and that's why they kind of, like, they both sort of looked around for a second and then, like, scrambled to, like, go kick something else and then came back, and Draws realized he had to do his spot. Um, so the ending was sloppy. That might have been what it was. Because, yeah. I mean, I understand the, the twin switch. Uh, I've watched The Parent Trap um, <laughs> and Dead Ringers. Take back to back. It's a good doubleheader. Wow. Um, no, but. Uh, you gotta but, watch like, Big Business next. <laughs> what's that? Um, the one with Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin? Were they are twins? Oh my God. Oh wait, my God. These wait, Bette Midler allies. and Lily Tomlin oh, are no, twins? No. They are sisters. They have other. They play sisters. their own oh, sisters. Oh, 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 okay. They play them. They have, they have twins and there's like city ones and country ones. I it's thought. So, it's actually really good. I thought it's like that amazing joke from The Great Muppet Caper where Fozzie and Kermit are twin bro- identical uh, twin brothers. Yes. No, no, unfortunately, no, but it's a great movie. But you should add that to your repertoire of uh, twin magic. Oh, good. Um, yeah, no, so I get all that. I just didn't, like, in this context, I think it was just, it didn't, it, it didn't play out the way it was supposed to play out. So I was yeah. like, eh, this what, match makes no sense. Let's move on. Uh, I this is this. also, I believe, the last we see of Sunny. Hmm. What? So Sunny at this time, she's splitting her time. She's working in ECW part-time. The rules are she has to, she can't appear in a pay-per-view or anything televised, I believe. I think she can only do untelevised house shows. And of course, she's showing up. Or not showing up. And it's like generally... I'm not saying she was a drug addict, but I am saying she was doing a lot of drug addict things. Like not showing up and, and telling people that she had a car accident but has no injuries. Or she, I think she told Linda McMahon she had a miscarriage. Like it's She told Vince McMahon she had a Linda miscarriage? McMahon, yes. It's just like a constant ongoing thing. So they tell her she has to go to rehab. She decides she's going to try to go to rehab. But she's like, she's like, I don't have a problem, but I'm going for like the sake of going. She blames it all on the WB pushing Sable over her and being sidled, uh, saddled with LOD and all of this stuff. This is all in her book. Um, and then uh, basically what happens is like, this sucks. And Paul Heyman, Paul E. Dangerously at ECW is like, fuck, I'm like, so I've been to the calls, come work for me, which she did. And I'll give you a job like, as like more of a producer, basically, for the pay-per-views. Um, so she ends up, elite after this, I believe she goes full-time valet back to ECW. Huh. Wow. Um, but she's a fucking, but like, she's a mess. I mean, I, again, I'm not saying she's a drug addict, but I am saying she's doing a lot of drug addicty things. If you were to guess a drug that she was doing, would it be just Coke? No, it would be a lot of things. And It'd also, be yes. I believe, the answer would be yes. I also believe in her book, she says, this is her claim, that she would, she was one of the people, there was a few that would go to Mexico and like literally be like a mule. That would like literally like take orders for guys and come back with like all the stuff for the guys. Oof. Yeah, she. This is like she is a dark figure in wrestling. Tammy, we we wish the best for you. Yeah, yeah. She's she, her name may be Sunny, but there's a lot of darkness there. You might say she. Her name is Cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like so long ago at this point. I know it really does. It was a whole. It was a different. It was a different age. Different era, whole, I think it's era. like two years ago. <laughs> Close. I was really annoyed by this though because I think there's a really awkward cut after this. 
that I feel like we missed an AOL segment. <laughs> Probably. Because Elodie's in the ring, their music is playing, and next thing you know, it's JR talking and there's no music playing, like, very abruptly. Yeah, like, yeah, I noticed that too. I bet there's an AOL segment we missed, and I'm so yeah. mad. I know. But to cheer you up, The Rock made his way down to the ring. This I liked. Um, why, though? Um, I just think he was fully embodying the character. I'm like, it's misogynist and shitty, and, like, it's still... Oh, no, 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 no. I, I completely... Yeah. I'm just like, why is The Rock coming out before his time at this point? Oh, I think this is to set up the angle for later. Yeah, no, I'm just... But why, like, KFAB yeah, is he exactly. going in now? Like, what what reason for he, did he... Was he doing a promo at this point? Yeah, why KFAB is he coming out yeah. right now? <laughs> I, I mean, like, uh, the... Him coming out, I was like, okay, what's what's happening? It was definitely once it once the action started, I was like, okay, this is better. Um, also, is Owen in the nation? Yes. Yep. We'll get there. Okay. And did you hear Owen yelling out to get Francois? He's just yelling random things. Like he literally <laughs> is just yelling random things. Uh, watermelon kettle. Watermelon yeah, kettle. Watermelon no kettle. There's no Francois. Uh. Yeah, I was like, there who the no fuck is, Fran- is is Francois? The- Dr. Francois? There's Back- no Francois. <laughs> um, and then, for some reason, Owen was was insisting on putting the neck brace on, on The Rock. I was like, is he an EMT? <laughs> it, it was a hysterical segment. Like, literally, not hysterically funny, like, literally hysterical. Like, everyone was just like, <laughs> like losing their fucking minds. Like, they all had uteruses, yeah. and they were hysterical. crazy from it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, from from their monthlies. Is that where that comes from? Yeah, yeah. hysteria, like a hysterectomy, huh. hysteria. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because like, hysteria is actually a very uh, patriarchal. It's almost like the patriarchy is bad, you guys. Yeah, it's very misogynistic. In <laughs> uh, root. That's why we take it back. We gotta own it. Yeah. Apply it to and apply it to men. Yeah, I'm super hysterical. Yeah, I actually would. I actually very rarely would call women hysterical. I think, but I would love calling men hysterical. But you mean like funny? Because you don't think women are funny. Oh, obviously. <laughs> we all know that. That's why it's only. To be clear, days. to be clear, guys, we all we all think women are very funny. Yeah. Oh <laughs> like, God, we oh, perform God. with almost strictly women. I'm engaged to a comedian. Just want to put that out there. Wow, that's the first time because yep. when this is out, wait. Oh, well, by the time this comes out, I will be engaged. Oh, is is Aaron a wife guy now? Who's <laughs> like, oh, my wife's a comedian. I love women. Is comedians. he a what guy? A wife guy. Oh no, a what kind of wife? Uh. uh. My wife? Thank you. Oh. Damn it. Uh, I, I can't I say it yet. I never catch the my wife I can't say it yet. Thank you. Um, yeah. And then we had Stone Cold being Stone Cold backstage. Love I thought that. it was like solid. Yeah. Love it. And then we had... Fucking hell. The exact same feeling in my stomach that I had any time the Godwins yep. would show up is now reserved for Double J. And Bobby, I need to ask. So Double J is with the company for a long time huh? and huge in, in TNA mm-hmm. um, impact and all that. Yeah. Is he good? Yes. And he will get, like, he, he's so close to getting the gimmick, right? Like, this is now, since he just returned, the third gimmick he's been since his return. Since we've been known. Right. Him. He came back. For, he was the NWA champion. He was as techie dude. Now he's back to the singing country man. Like it's always. Wait, what's something. his third one? This, this one. one. What was the second one? Second one was NWA. It was NWA champ. What was his first one? That weird Aztec uniform he was wearing. Oh, okay. Like right. it just—it's always something with him. And also, he was like a country it, singer. It, it like, is always back. something with him, <laughs> and that's my problem. They will get to what it is, but I find it. I gotta take a minute, and we gotta break down his outfit. Okay. Oh yes. I need to know literally what is happening, okay? There are three straps in the back. 
Yes. Four in the front. It's kind of like a a a, a, a set is it of four. Sus- I counted five. No, oh, I, I don't. It's more than three. Yeah. Think, I thought it was four. I was Maybe expecting it to be sixteen no for three sixteen. <laughs> but it feels like some like it's just like suspenders that that three boobed woman in Total Recall would wear. Like that's, <laughs> that's what it felt like. Okay, but that's not even the worst part of it. Okay, never mind the the straps that again are like an optical illusion where there's like three in the back and four, four or five in the front. But also, it's like it's like the knight with the trident that has four sticks at the top, but yes, three at the bottom. Exactly, exactly like that. And then it also has like a weird halter turtleneck, which is like uh-huh. what 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 sent why that. Then you gotta. Then he goes south, okay. And once oh, we cross the equator, he is wearing like a high-waisted sparkle brief over his white tiny pants, and it's like a glitter gold foil. And then he has this like, like beautiful hair. This like beautiful golden. Is locks. it beautiful or is it yeah, like? It's yeah, it's like very healthy I... and nice. Ugh. Like his name should not be Jeff Jarrett. It should be Don of the Divorcee. Like that's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this weird suburban mom hair and then this like insane outfit that honestly looks like it belongs on a female performer. Like it's like it doesn't make any sense. His his chest looked like it was in prison. <laughs> <laughs> but with a sparkle brief, the spar- the high-waisted sparkle brief. So yeah. sparkly. So sparkly over his pants. Like nothing I'm like there's nothing about this that's cool or intimidating no. or athletic. Like there's nothing or like feels necessary for a character. None of it makes any fucking sense. I mean, and at this point, what, like, Garth Brooks is probably the biggest country singer sure. in the world. And it's like, there's nothing about this that screams country singer. No, put him in, like, black tight jeans, black boots, and even, like, a button-down shirt. I mean, like, fine. Or even just no shirt and just black tight jeans and boots. I mean, like, he... It, yeah, it's just weird that he's so off on all of the things. Like, he... The music... He comes out to like this, like the the um the waltz, like it was like a country waltz. He comes out to. It was like the to. country bear jamboree. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it, it was like the very. It was like a slow country song. When there are fast country songs, liver lips is his style icon. <laughs> but also, he was wearing mostly the same kind of outfit. I feel like his in WCW and when he was in WWF before WCW yeah. before that. So it's just like an old holdover that I, I just can't believe that they still thought this. They could still pull it off. It just seems so. Wacky and tacky and out of place. Wacky and tacky. Wacky tacky hat day. Um, it just feels terrible. So um, that's bad. It's bad heat is what it comes down to, right? Like it is bad it, heat because it, it's it's not like he's awful and I hate him, but he's awful and I hate him in the way that I want to change the channel, not that I want to boo him and hope the other person beats him. Yes, I don't hate him the way that everyone hated like Rocky. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that's a tough. Okay, that's not a great because people hated. The, hated Rocky because he was bad and they didn't want to watch him. I don't hate him the way that people hate The Rock right now. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, don't hate, the, I don't hate him the way yeah. people hate Owen. Or even, yeah, or Vince. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like, right. the, that's that's right. It's just really bad. Right, it's like, just not he doesn't work. Like, he doesn't work me. He just, like, honestly, every t- I wrote the same thing as the Godwins. I just wrote, mm-hmm. fuck me. Like, what is this? It's And it, just, it, it didn't, I didn't even think about the Godwins. I just was just like, this is my me with dread. gut reaction when I see a, a match with him. Although, I will say, didn't hate this match. Okay, I need to understand. Someone explain to me a martial arts stick. <laughs> I Okay, I I think that these are... They're, I think they're fighting sticks is what they're called. Like, it's a... Uh, I think it's well, a... Well, they are sticks that are used for fighting. All right, we're, we'll just have a quick disclaimer. We're not going to be able to edit out a lot of the ambient noise, so sorry, guys. 
Um, it, it's an we, apartment. We live in, in apartments in New York, and we have no control over our heat. Yeah. When we get when we get that studio money. Yes, yeah, so we, we launched a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I believe that that fighting sticks are like maybe a tie thing. Like, um, it's it's like you get these like two sticks that they're about the length of a forearm, and um, if you watch uh Rambo, I believe Rambo. Uh, three is where he like he's like they find him in Thailand and he's like fighting with 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 fighting sticks in Thailand and then they're like there's people in Afghanistan you gotta go save them um or I think yes was, this is the plot of it, Rainbow was, 3. it was like Colonel Troutman I think was captured um I think that's where that's the kind of thing it's it's calling back to so there are Rambo, Rambo three where he famously teams up with the Taliban. Yeah, and they they thank the Taliban at the end of the movie. They're like the brave. This is dedicated to the brave fighters of the Taliban. It's great. <laughs> I mean, my problem is not that he's using these. It's like they have to have a name. You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference yeah. between being like. So even the kendo stick, as we call it, like for a while they were calling the Singapore cane. Like that's what it was originally when it was introduced in the wrestling world. Okay. Um, when Sandman was using it in ECW, but this is the kind of thing. Where, like, uh, Tommy Dreamer. We're having like face-off Ooh. eyes right now. This is going to be all ambient. This is like the ASMR <laughs> fucking podcast. We, we moved locations once and already everybody, like there's going to be an elephant that comes through. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Sandman adopted another defining attribute of his gimmick, began wielding a kendo stick. It's Sandman's the one who made it famous. I'm sure Tommy Dreamer used it. They used it all in ECW, but it's like Sandman's signature thing. Okay, you know what I'm thinking? Tommy Dreamer's the one who brought it to WWF. Sure, maybe. I, don't, I actually don't remember. I remember Sandman... Doing it, but we'll see. But regardless, Sandman <laughs> uh, did the kendo. I feel like it originated the kendo stick as a Singapore game. Okay. Uh, but anyway, but even just calling these, like, uh, uh, I don't know, like, whatever, like, the actual Japanese name is would make them sound cooler mm-hmm. than, like, yeah. karate sticks, which is, like, sounds like something I would buy that Milton Bradley would be sponsoring. You know what I mean? Sure, but he's also uh, mostly coming out in blacklight and twirling them around. That's like, true. Like, he's uh, the world's angriest raver. <laughs> Yeah, he um he's he's a huge fucking dork. What a fucking dork. Like <laughs> honestly, he is like truly like if you look at the word oh, dork. He could still kick our ass though. Oh, so bad. I, I would a million percent have sex with him. Oh, <laughs> I would I mean like that he's I would kill for his body. I, yeah. I, I would kill both of you <laughs> to have his this body. This is getting very Lord of the Flies in here. Uh it's so also his entrance music is worse. Than most of like the YouTube free audio library. Sure ain't like, worse than Jeff Jarrett's uh, intro music. I don't th- know. It's so generic. It's like, how is this the best? It's like, no, 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 no. It's like, this is, I can't believe you couldn't find anything. That's what you get like for a guy named better. Steve Blackman. Oh man, it is rough. And I, I hated this match. I know you, uh, I didn't, I know you think it was bad. I thought it was just boring as shit and there okay. was no heat and who cares? Well, okay. So, um, it, I, I, I'll, I'll backtrack and say not that like, Oh, this is actually pretty good. But I will say, um, there was a point where I was like, okay, it had some interesting stuff. There was at least like, um, Blackman had a pretty good bridge out of a pin that I was impressed by. Um, I'm impressed that you remember anything from this match. Me too. I have literally my notes uh, end with martial arts stick. <laughs> but then, yeah, I will say, I do have the notes, so I don't know what I was thinking. I do have the note that was just like, why does this match keep going? Like, edit yeah. this fucking match. Also, <laughs> like, like it's UCB, someone needs to run in yeah, front of the match. Do, yeah, so we exactly. Can do a scene out. <laughs> um, 
I am. Yeah, there's here's where we are. I'm very, very sad that this, Eric, is your introduction to Al Snow. I, I was going to uh, say who. Yeah, Al. So that's Al Snow at the. I am ready. I'm table. ready to dig into to Al Snow a little bit because you should be very excited about it. I, so, you guys, well, first off, did you recognize him? Uh, no, but they mentioned his name was Al Snow, and mm-hmm. it was uh, um, he was part of the New Rockers. Yes. Please, allow me to 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 do, to, to, to to take you on a on a journey. Al Snow, you may recall, was Leaf Cassidy. Yes. A few months ago. Yes. So he went back to ECW, where he was originally. He came from. He, had, he did this character Al Snow originally. He had a match of the year candidate in ECW before he was in the WWF as Leaf Cassidy against Shane Douglas for the ECW, I believe the world, the ECW like main world title. And it was like a match of the year candidate. He was great. Came to the WWF. He is a great worker. He was amazing, but he never got over as a character. Went back to ECW. Around this time, so ECW based in Philadelphia. You guys familiar with the Mummers and the Mummers Parade they do? Yes. Um, it's like a big crazy parade they do where like, everyone dresses all. It's kind of like a, a more, it's like a more wholesome Mardi Gras. Like, okay. it's like the but, Mummers are wear like crazy outfits that's very marching it's bands It's like artsy and stuff. Mardi Gras kind of, right? It's not really, no, it's more like old people. I don't know. It makes me think of uh, Mom and Chance. So he goes back. Mummers Parade, Philadelphia. There's like stuff everywhere. It's like confetti. It's a parade. People are in costume. It's fun. He finds this mannequin head. He had been reading about abnormal psychology and decides that like, I'm going to use this as a prop. I'm going to make this character who's like schizophrenic. And I'm going to use this like as my projection. Like I'm going to talk to it and it's going to be like my friend I bring to the ring. Now it's presented as he asked Cactus Jack, what do I do to get over? And so to get over, he tells him, well, you got to get a little ahead. I mean, you have to sleep with the promoter or the promoter sleep with you. This is the story. I'm not even sure Kajak really said this, but this is sort of the legend. So he, and he interpreted his crazy get brain, he has to get a little head. <laughs> and so he brings it and like ECW ate that shit up and, they're all, and everyone's chanting like, we want head, we want head. And it's like so, and that's, you know, this is what's making Suck It happen. You know what I mean? Like ECW is like the one that's pushing all of this like TV 14 content before WWF ever did. So they're doing this stuff. Uh, and he bases the whole thing. He gets over so big in ECW. He starts this thing called the J-O-B Squad. And basically his whole story is that he went crazy because he was working as a jobber for so long in WWF that it made him lose his mind. That's really good. It's, it's fucking very good. Great. He is good. a genius. I mean, like, and this is all him and like all like his, like they talk about people like a Becky Lynch who like grabs a brass ring and like makes something of themselves. Al Snow's a great example of it. And he's, because he's a great worker. It's unfortunate that you introduced with him Wearing a sombrero with another smaller sombrero for head. So is this in the the previous Raws that no. he shows up? This yes. is his oh, yeah. first time? Yeah. He's shown up a few times at this point, And his whole thing is, I, I need to see, talk to Vince. I need to talk to Vince. I need to talk to Vince. Um, King uses him as a bodyguard in one episode because he's got a thing with The Undertaker that we'll talk about later. There's King some... uses him as a bodyguard? King. King. Oh, King. This that makes is more sense. Al Snow's gonna have some of the wildest, most fun things we're gonna watch, like in the in the coming years. Like he's one of he's one of the most fun things. Oh, I'm so excited! He's great, because like I was very bummed out by Leaf Cassidy. Leaf yeah. Cassidy, yeah, yeah, that was a terrible that gimmick. Was it was, okay. uh, yeah, but I always also, want to say Leaf Garrett. Um, but also, I think even with Leaf Cassidy, we saw shades of the wrestler within yeah. who was just saddled with a shitty gimmick. Yeah. Did we? I don't know. I, I don't remember. Yeah, he, had, he, had, he had like a, a match with Flash Funk that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, a couple of them. It just didn't, wasn't, obviously, like, you're not getting excited about Leaf Cassidy versus Flash Funk, but they worked their asses off. And mm-hmm. like he, he's a workhorse. He's a good worker. And this is he. This is the gimmick he needed. And 
there's some wild shit that happens. Uh, and some of it is not good. Like it's it's too far, but it's it's really fun. I just okay. think I'm I'm excited for you to get to know him more. But that's that's what is feeding all of this. So then we have Mark Marrow and Sable. And again, another um, terrible intro music. Like a Mark Marrow's new music is a dun 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 version. It's like they took Steve Blackman's and like pitched it up a little, like half step. It's like it's like it just sounds like a busy signal. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> but he's still doing his uh, "I hate Sable" because she's taking all the attention away from me thing. I uh, also have to say that my one of my favorite wrestling tropes is the contract. Yep, and not just because there's a contract. <laughs> this, yes, yeah. Was this the first appearance of the contract? I don't know if it's. The, I can't. I can't say definitively. But goddamn, how WWF will just never, ever back off the fact that no real contract is written in 72 point font. Yeah, no, where it <laughs> says contract. contract thing. Every contract just says contract at the top and has everybody's name in big letters, big enough that you can pick it up off of the TV. It's well, what it says so is, funny. no, it's like, Mero, who shall be like hereafter referred to as, and this is like uh, individual number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the contract is just like small print, just refers to their aliases. <laughs> So dumb. But I liked this segment. So basically, we have uh, Mark Marrow and Sable, obviously, have had a tumultuous relationship. Yeah, Sable over... Sable on Raw said that she was going to challenge Mark Marrow in two weeks. And then we had a very tit-centric workout video of her the following week of her, like, preparing for the meetup. Um, and then she kicks him in the balls and gives him a Sable bomb. And it was very, very gratifying. Um, there is a legend, um, unconfirmed... There's a legend that Marrow was going to be fighting Austin at some point. And after Marrow got the Sable Bomb, Austin called Vince and be like, so who am I fighting? Because it's obviously not this fucking guy. <laughs> like, I'm not fucking fighting this guy. And I was getting his ass kicked by Sable, which is not, which is also not, not cool. cool. Not great. Um, not endorsing that, but this thing that is a legend that's out there. Uh But Sable basically that has this challenge where it's almost like, um, what are they called Game of Thrones? She- uh, your champion. Trial, yeah, like a like a trial by combat. Yeah, yeah, like a. Yeah. So she has to pick. Like she has to pick. Someone Who's your to champion? Yes. Yeah. Um, but the twist is like I got myself into this. I'm getting myself out of it. I'm, which I think is pretty badass actually. Yeah, it was a. I was I. My note on this was I really liked this turn. It was very proto feminist. And then man, I don't know how I feel about how it ended. I thought it was so fucking funny. I I laughed my ass off for I this. I didn't think it was. funny funny but i did think it was extremely successful heel heat uh, you didn't think it was funny when when so okay so bobby lay out what happens so um she's like i'll fight you like i'm gonna be my own champion like i you know i'm not relying on a man to save me for this like i got myself in this i'm getting myself out of it which is pretty cool yeah awesome and, it, and instead mara was like has it you know basically like, has it really come to this like what happened you must really hate me that if you want to like fight me so bad and you know, I love you. And when I won the Intercontinental title as the wild man, like I dedicated it to you. And, and, you know, I just can't believe it's gotten this far. And, you know, I'm going to lay down and you could just pin me. Like, I'll just lay down for you. And I mean, you saw the match then. And then like, let me know. And Sable's like, okay, and goes to pin him. But he tricks her and rolls her up <laughs> and pins her one, two, three real quick. And then is celebrating like he's accomplished everything in the world. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, uh... I don't know how I felt about it. It was a weird... I, I may have been in a weird headspace from it. It's heat. It's, it's hard because some of the stuff I find, and even this is true today with wrestling, it's like I almost am okay when there's problematic stuff 
where the person being problematic is the villain because yeah. he's supposed to be a villain. Like yeah. that's then if the more if the morality tale you're telling is that this behavior is wrong. Like that's that's what they want you to do. Yeah. The problem is when they get that wrong and instead yeah. the good guy is doing the problematic things and you're like, "Oh no, now you're making that fun." Oh, and we're going to get a ton of that. Yeah, and there's so forward. much of that. So <sighs> this I, I put in the category of this is Mark Mayer is a villain and an asshole, and like this is designed to make us be like, "Fuck that guy! Yeah. What a fucking coward! What a fucking asshole!" Like, no dignity, no like self-respect. Like, Sable's doing the right thing, and she's a badass, and she's like fucking like standing up for herself, and how like this fucking piece of shit. I mean, it is a shame saying. that Sable was now has to leave the WWF, and we're never ever going Forever. to see her ever Forever. again. Forever. And then she does, she doesn't go on in Playboy, and that's she it. couldn't even put on pants before she left. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. She had to just take her bag and go. I I understand what you're saying, and there's a good chance that maybe I just got worked, which which you know then it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think me and and again this might be part of being me being worked. I think I was like excited for an intergender match, and I didn't like that she just got like that she was made to look kind of stupid. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I I can understand that. But also, if there was a match between the two of them, I would also be, like, kind of annoyed if Sable went over on Mark Merrow. Like, because at this point, her her character is so green as, like, an in-ring competitor. I don't know. Well, I, this, we are about to enter some really rocky feminist waters in the the coming years of this program. 100%. Like, so fucking rocky. Um... I don't, and I honestly think some of, which is weird, and maybe that's what's coloring my perspective, because I know how bad it gets, and to me, this is actually one of the more positive portrayals. This is one (laughs) of the more positive things of, like, a woman being strong and standing up for herself and whatever. Having a contract with her big name (laughs) on it, like an 18-point font. I mean, she is probably, at this point, I think DX might have surpassed her a little bit, but she's one of the biggest acts in the company. Like, by, uh, by far. By far. She's more over than Ken Shamrock, for example. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, she's way more over than Farouk. You know what I mean? She's more over than Owen Hart, maybe. <laughs> like, sure. she's over as hell. Yeah, probably more over than The Rock, too. So this, to me, is, is like, is a win, in a way. Like, is actually, like, a, I would, I, I look at this as positive, and again, maybe. Yeah, and that it's might like be, a bump in the road in the program. But there's a lot of, it gets so much worse. Right. So much worse. That, well, like, to me, yeah. this was like, oh, this was almost... Feminist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess what I'm saying, what I mean, what I mean by bump of the road, I don't mean like a bad move that that creative made. I mean, like when you have a program between people, uh, there's going to be times where somebody gets shafted. Yep. And there's going to be times where they get over and where they, you know, where, where uh, they have their moment. And so this was like and I don't part even, of it. I don't even see this as Sable getting shafted because she's still totally over. Everyone is still 100, is even more behind her. After this, no, I know. I guess and what I mean is shafted in the win. way of like being, you know, being made to look silly or being, you know. Well, he, and I mean, like she'll get. I mean, she gets. She'll get have a chance, hopefully, to get her revenge. Well, that's and what I'm saying. That, yeah, yeah. I think that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So, like, heroes have to, like, you know, heroes. Heroes falter <laughs> in a in a program. The hero is going to falter, you know, often through no fault of their own. So, you know, when they have their their low moments. You know, I, I can't judge it based on that. I'll have to, you know, I have to judge it based on the fact that what's going to happen long term. I mean, they have to they have to overcome some. Uh, what, what would you say? Uh, 
not obstacle, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. 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 Conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Then we have an interview, which is like, I don't know, like the most nothing interview. Yeah. It's like she just had really, really nothing to say. It was I like, mean, she is over as hell. But she don't have a lot of like charisma. <laughs> she doesn't actually have a lot of, I think, like natural charisma. No. Like she's not a, she's not an actress. She's not an athlete. Um, she's not even a person I necessarily want to like invite to a dinner party. No, to like have conversation no. with people. No, uh, yeah, that I don't. I think Sable on the mic is like not her greatest. Like she, I think she has like one speed at this point, which is like um, mad. Fuck you, Mark. Yeah, is basically like, her only speed. Or Luna. I mean, like mm-hmm. she has like rage, and yeah. she does she do rage? I feel like pretty well. Yeah, but. Uh, attrition like this is like not as much like uh, yeah. just being sad I and mean, being like, well, I guess I am. It doesn't really work. And uh, speaking of sad boys, then we go backstage, The Rock in a neck brace. And we all know the number one thing you're supposed to do when somebody is in a neck brace, and that's have everyone around you touching it. Mm-hmm. I, there were, it, I was fine with this i didn't think it was amazing i was just kind of okay but i really like oh, definitely how, is not amazing i i liked how d'lo brown was was saying just steal the belt just steal it <laughs> i was like because i think this was when they found out that um that com- the commissioner slaughter was going to force the rock to compete whether or not he could I also thought that someone was screaming a lot of like, squeeze my hand. And the rock's like, I can't squeeze your hand. Like, squeeze my hand. I can't squeeze your hand. And like, it just was chaos. And it was so fucking funny. This whole thing was so funny. And I'm glad it lasted exactly as long as it did. Yeah. Because if it was like a second longer, I'd be like, this is so dumb. But it was exactly the right amount of like this lunacy that I thought was great. Yeah. So next match, um, I'm going to want a little bit of background, Bobby, because we've got Kayantai versus Bradshaw and Taka. I... First of all, well, this is, I'll, let's get to the background, but I will say this was my second favorite match of the night. Um, this is a three-on-two match, Kai and Tai, which is Dick Togo, uh, Funaki, and oh my god, I always forget the third guy's name. Same. Um, but it's three guys um, who are coming, and they're basically antagonizing Takamichi Noku. But Kai and Tai was big in, they, were, they started out in Michinoku Pro Wrestling in Japan, and Takamichi Noku was part of the stable. And they were like a big stable in Japan. They were huge in ECW, put on awesome matches in ECW, where they did, um, I believe, well, they also went by Kayantai. Kayantai is the name of the first, I believe it's the first modern corporation in Japan. In Japan, yeah. Um, and that's where they got the name from. They did Kayantai. They were a big part of ECW, had their uh, Blue World Order. Like, uh, WWE had New World Order. Yeah. So they had the Blue Meanie. They had all these characters that were part of the BWO. And they were part of BWO Japan, basically. It was like, because NWO had NWO Japan, was like a big part of it. So they were part of that. Um, and then they come over to WWF now to interact with Taka. And I'm lo- and then so they're in this three-on-two match, Kai and Tai versus uh, Taka and Bradshaw in one of the most fun Bradshaw matches I've ever seen. How did Bradshaw even get into this? Was it just the just in the Raws? Yeah, in the Raws, um, he takes Taka under his wing as like his buddy. He teaches him like to smoke and drive. And as they're like... Come on. Like, what? Is this like like 16 Candles type of thing? Like where it's like... Uh, uh, it's... Got the donger. Uh, a little bit, yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah, kind of. But... um. I don't know. It's kind of in good... I feel like it's in good fun. 
Um, he like teaches Taka how to curse and then he curses out people and everyone's having a good time, I think. Okay, look, I was an, I was an English teacher in Asia. I did teach a class where I taught everybody how to curse. Mm-hmm. So it is a thing. Yeah. Okay. I feel it feels kind of like uh oh my 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 little buddy uh Taka here. Ooh, you're treading thin counselor, but I I'll don't allow think it. I I don't think it is. I, like he's literally he, smaller he than He is him. smaller. Okay. It's literally it is like a buddy cop kind of like uh mentality. It's a Lenny and George situation. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Nice slinging teacher. Nope. Eric. No. Objection. Honestly, Eric, you got to edit that out because you're going to lose your job. Over <laughs> overruled. Uh Oh, no, we got we got Taka Mishinoku, who's a smart guy who could acquit himself, and we got Big Dummy Bradshaw hanging around. I don't think Bradshaw's dumb. He's big. He's got a dumb face. He does have a dumb face, but he is like a he is like actually a smart. He's an actual smart like economist. It's like very weird, literally. He's an economist, or like some kind of. He definitely did not spend a lot on his uh, on his outfit. He's still wearing the blackjack stuff. It's so yeah. weird. But I honestly. Loved this match. I thought it was so good, and it was like fun. I loved the pacing of it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. thought the I thought Kaitai their moveset again to remind us of just how far we've come. At one point, Dick Togo does a a Swanton bomb. Yeah, and they don't even know what to call it. They don't yeah. even know what it is. Yeah, Jared's like I thought he's going for a moonsault, more of a headbutt. There, it was neither. Like he wasn't facing the right way for a moonsault. He didn't hit him with his head. He did a Swanton bomb. Yeah, um, but we didn't have the language to even describe it because those moves were so were not what we were seeing. And the the tandem offense where they yes. did the Boston Crab with yes. the camel clutch so and the drop good. kick just yes. so perfectly timed. Even the weird pose they did on Bradshaw mm-hmm. was fucking cool. Yeah. Yes, and watching Bradshaw sort of like swat them off like Godzilla, which I know is a problematic reference. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> well, King made were, it for you, but that is what they were going for, though. Yeah. And I, I think it was a really fucking fun match to watch. No, I, I really like the tandem offense. That was one of my favorite favorite things. I mean, yeah, they had. They had very good moves. Also, uh, Taka and Bradshaw like opened up with a good like where where Bradshaw just launched Taka. I uh, yeah, like a great. fastball special essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like I love a monster little guy tag team combo, and we'll see that few times throughout what we're gonna be watching and teams. But like even you look more recently in memory, like Team Hell No with Daniel Bryan and Kane, like which is more recent okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we started watching this, but long from where we are now. Uh, I love it. I just like think it's a fun combo. It's like a fun thing to see. I think it makes things kind of exciting. I like it. Um, I wish hey, they even, more of it. Even when they had um, Braun Strowman and Finn Balor had their like loose alliance there. Yeah, I think like a big guy, little guy thing is fun. Or like a cru- they put him with like a cruiserweight. I would love to see like a Braun Strowman, Buddy Murphy tag team. Or like Enzo Amori and... Uh... If it didn't work, yeah, 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 yeah. Shit, but yeah. yeah, but that's the idea, and that's why uh, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush work so well together. <laughs> Honestly, that was the best Bobby Lashley had worked so far. So, um, who's to say? I also love. I also think the Kai and Tai, um, like ring gear, if you can call it that, uh-huh. is perfect. I think it's like yeah, it's, it's very good. It's I mean, like it's not cool by today's standards. It's but a street it, gang. But in 1998. I was like, yeah, that's what that's that that was cool in '98, and that's what they were wearing in ECW. Like when Raven would wrestle in ECW, like he'd be in fucking like jorts and like a band T-shirt, like all grungy. Um, and I think so. I think they actually kind of like add a cool factor, especially after coming after seeing fucking Jeff Jarrett a second ago, which was like, the least cool thing ever. Yeah, no, um, I I really enjoyed Kai and Ty. I was like, I my first reaction when I saw them was, huh? But they were really cool to watch, and like I really. I love their move sets. I like. I liked how they did things. It 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 
it brought a different energy to this. Uh-huh. 100%. And um, it's going to stay really cool and never, ever go into problematic waters ever. Oh, but they, they at least wrestle more, right? Just hold just, just, just hold on <laughs> tight, babe. It's not... This is... Strap in, motherfucker. <laughs> is it after this that we have Sable walking out sure with... Sure is. <laughs> like it's uh, the end of the Incredible Hulk... They don't even have, like, a dolly for her to use for all her bags. She's still wearing her ring gear, and she's just got, like, she has, the, like, the one bag. Status little she's... suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she's, she's like, she didn't get pre-check. And, so <laughs> she's got, and, like, found out that they, like, changed her gate, so now she's got to go through, like, two different terminals and, like, get on the, the, the taking, monorail. And taking off those boots is going to be so hard. Yeah, that, it was... Very very funny. Yeah, it was super funny. Uh, but yeah, to go to go back to your incredible hug, like da na 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 da na 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 na. All right, and then we have Farouk versus The Rock, which I have no notes. I oh, I've got I've no got some notes. notes. I've got some notes because has Sergeant Slaughter ever spoken words before? I don't know. At the early part, he was strum- stripping over everything. Have you and ever then- spoken words before? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> But then he was doing the countdown for so the rock wasn't coming out because the rock has his neck injury and but he's forcing the rock to wrestle this match and he's counting down the way that my mom used to when it's like all right mister you better get down here 5 4 3 2 2 and a half 2 and a quarter you know your your mom really screwed up with the counting because it should be like one and a half, one and a quarter. Two and a half doesn't come after two. Oh, fuck you, Eric. <laughs> Was it your first time with words and numbers? Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. It was funny and everyone got it. So here's the thing for me. And this is like what I talked about earlier, how there's like bad parts of the of the Era 2. And this is, I think, a really good example. That this is a this is technically a feud that's been building for months. Yeah. Like the Rock and Farouk, this blowout like building to the point where I think it almost it overshadowed like his feud with Ken Shamrock. So like that well that was all I have a theory. Okay. I think that this match was originally going to be the blow off of the Rock and Ken Shamrock, and Ken Shamrock was going to get the title. Interesting. But then regardless, the whole thing is doesn't matter because it's all being overshadowed now by the nation's feud with DX. So it's like, it's like all of these storylines just like went nowhere. Ken Shamrock went nowhere. For this feud with Farouk went nowhere. And then this, and that, you know what I mean? So like, it's just like one of those things where they just don't follow through yeah. on some threads. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that Farouk should have gotten the belts to like, you, you need to put a, a title on Farouk at this point. Yeah. It was a, it definitely a now or never time. And mm-hmm. It was never. I also, I mean, not just in terms of the the results, but in terms of like the mechanics of the match, I really wasn't into it. Yeah, there was no heat. Like, the crowd wasn't into it either. Yeah, like I and like I'm 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 really glad to like so, sometimes when I watch some of these matches, I'm always like, man, what if I just you know like what if it's the magic eye poster and I'm just not seeing the schooner. And like, and then, and I come here and then you're, and you guys are like, oh man, that scooter was so good. And I'm like, (laughs) no, but like I was, but like, it makes me feel like heartened to know that when I, when I was watching this and not feeling into it at all, that like, that's a normal reaction because like, you know, you would think the rock versus Farouk 
should be really good. And I was trying to place my my finger on like why it's not that good. First of all, I didn't like the whole I'm in a neck brace thing. I did I, I don't enjoy I don't enjoy the angle in general of like uh, a kayfabe injury where they're like they're wrestling injured. They're not they're gonna they're, they're not gonna be able to pull it off. And then they pull it off. Yeah, I get a, I get that in this case, especially because it seemed like the rock really did hurt himself yeah, before yeah. and so usually that's reserved for the heel who's faking it yeah who shows up who's like look out of the shower and i threw out my neck and i can't wrestle tonight yeah but it's like no yeah. fruit pile drop on the top of the belt like yeah he's actually hurt he probably shouldn't wrestle honestly guys wait was he really hurt or no 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 it's the part of the story yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but he right. was attacked and he was like given powerful moves that like could, like in the story was he was actually hurt that's what was confusing about it yes because like we we are not even a year from a person who did have something happen to him where he would wear a neck brace and he didn't wrestle and there and there you know like we saw what the reality of it is so to do this like faux reality this kayfabe if you will <laughs> um really just kind of like sucks because it's like look we've already seen stone cold have a neck injury we we know what that looks like and like to just be like, man, this guy just got beat up before, and now he's he's miraculously pulling off these move sets, and he he's doing the you know the elbow drop, the people's elbow. I, it's like not fun. Yeah, I can't think of an example right now, but I feel like it could work for a face to to be injured and like through some kind of chicanery is forced to do a match. But oh, it's happened so many times. I, I mean, to think it, it sort happened, of works like... for for Becky. Like when Becky, I mean, Becky was faking a leg, a, a knee injury yeah, yeah. for. Yeah, and, and I really didn't the, enjoy on, on it that injured much. Knee. Well, they drew, they drew that they drew that out way too. Oh long. yeah, and Seth Rollins with with that uh, Brock Lesnar match where after he with the ribs, yeah, after yeah, they, he basically murdered him in the ring. Yeah, so there's a lot uh, uh, of that they do. And I think it does work better on the babyface, or if the heel is obviously lying, if yeah. he's like, oh, I I, I yeah. can't, I, I threw my back out golfing, and then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like <sighs> the problem. I I know what they're going for. What they're going for is. I mean, it's pretty obvious for everybody. But, like, uh, the analogy I can come up with is, like, Jordan playing with the flu in the NBA Finals. Uh, was it Game 6? Sure. Maybe Game 6. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so, me. I don't. Yeah. But go on. Very. This is actually a very, very cool thing um, in sports. So, around the time when the Bulls, you know, had their dynasties, Chicago Bulls basketball had just, their dynasty. Just watching the glaze come over Bobby's eyes. It's, it's very good. So one of the reasons why Michael Jordan is, like, cemented as this, you know, yeah, almost, legendary. As almost as good as LeBron. <laughs> as this legendary, legendary athlete, like, best who ever was, etc. <laughs> uh, is... Bobby is nodding. Uh, nodding. Is because, listen, no, I, I can... I if can there was an eject button on my chair right now, <laughs> I would press it to get out of the conversation. No, wait, if there was an eject button on Eric's chair, would you push it as well? <laughs> It's because no, miss him too much. So it's because uh, Michael Jordan during like at basically it, it was like one of the late games in a in a playoff series where like it was the finals. He his had, mouth is clenched. He had the flu, and he had like you know like a high hundred you know hundred something fever, and he played and he like killed it. He like had he. I think led led for points. It was just one of those moments where you're like, this man yeah. is 
superhuman transcendent athlete once in a generation right like the most clutch person that ever existed because you know like when i have like a, a little sore throat i am like no no sorry man i i don't expect me to do anything other than watch tv but this guy like outperformed the people who are in the top of their profession right i so that's what i assume is kind of what they're hoping to get out of this is like this person is wrestling injured they're they're gonna come back with it the problem is the injuries are like it's like saying like oh we he lost his arm in a thresher but somehow he managed to get like he managed to do like a a, you know i I think the real problem here is they picked the wrong injury what they should have done is farouk attacks him somehow that's not breaking his fucking neck you know what i mean he punches him and he's like i can't my jaw is aching i have to make sure i have a photo shoot tomorrow and i can't risk having mm-hmm. my a, a wired jaw i can't possibly like, that's the trick yes so the fact that they what they did here is to be like no they gave him an injury that actually does would be reason to not wrestle right you injured your neck that is a reason not to wrestle as opposed to you broke my nose as opposed to you knocked out my contact or like whatever like yeah. you tweaked my finger like something like what would be funny is to be like Farouk attacked me and now he broke my pinky and I can't wrestle because my pinky is broken I can't wrestle I'm injured that would like that's the story they want to tell but they just picked wrong they picked a broken neck which you're like oh man I don't know maybe, maybe you shouldn't wrestle yeah you should not <laughs> wrestle um here's my pitch I think they they, may, they probably have done this because I'm um, you know we're in '98 right now and I'm sure there's like years of this. But my pitch is um, temporary blindness or temporary yeah temporary blindness. They should they like it would be great if somebody if a wrestler got temporarily blinded and they have to overcome that to win the match. I mean yeah they do all I mean like that's basically what Asuka is doing. Now. Oh yeah <laughs> yeah green mist is like a thing that's a well established trope. But has anybody overcome it? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. like, they, the Green Mist has been a, a staple of Japanese wrestlers, specifically, for a very long time. Going back to, I believe, Great Muda is who the most famous for doing it. Um, but, yeah, that's like a thing. Well, right. then, uh, then I'm on the right track. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, one question to you, Bobby, before we move on, and it goes along with, with Eric's little uh, sports rant there. Oh, boy. What's more annoying for you? JR screaming about people's college football careers Ooh. or the king screaming about titties? Oh god. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really tough one. I honestly I'm gonna say the uh college football careers. Because mm. I can appreciate in titties. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's got great titties. Like absolutely, they're amazing, but she also has a great personality. <laughs> it's a good call because uh with with the titties you can at least see the titties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And with the football career, you're like, I don't know, this is some abstract fucking thing. You both were in the orange bowl. <laughs> <laughs> know what half these words mean i know what tits are though and i'm like yeah i can appreciate and be like what a beautiful woman that is that is a that is a beautiful woman mm-hmm. um who is also very talented and athletic and smart but more importantly got, so i i got them I, titties I, I can understand to your, eric to your point like yeah i can understand what the king is saying whereas opposed jr it's just like speaking mush mouth or i'm like I, he could be having a stroke any minute i don't know <laughs> well that spells palsy you fucking oh, insensitive God. asshole walk right into that one <laughs> Well, speaking of titties, the lead up to this next match. Oh my god! Oh my god! Wow! What? Talk about the dumbest thing. I the next match: Kane versus Vader, mask versus mask. Um, mask for mask, first of all, 
hilarious to me all the time. Ah. It can't be not funny. And also, I don't think that they announced that this was a mask versus match match until this thing. <laughs> mask versus match. Match, 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 match. Mask, match, match, match. Until this thing started. I got through mask versus mask match better than I got through the intro today, yes. you guys. So. Wow. This was, first of all, let me tell you, so many things done with this. They're acting like Kane is unstoppable. Kane was beat on the last two pay-per-views. Number one. By The Undertaker, By though. The, but still. I will say. I will say. So, but no, but they're they're pushing this idea that, like, between these brothers, that, that like, they're. Sure, but that's it the only force that could overcome. Into, could anybody beat Kane? You're like, I mean, like, yeah, someone could. Uh, Undertaker can. He, he just did it twice. Like, that, I think that yeah. was sort of, like, silly to not acknowledge a chink in his armor or be like. Even to do it, like, he's bound, He's so furious from those two losses that he's even more powerful than ever before. Like, give me some. But I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Also, who do you think is going to win a mask versus ma- mask match? Is it the guy who doesn't speak, who's never had his mask off, or is the guy who built his whole career mostly not wearing a mask, and whose mask barely covers his face <laughs> in the first place? Like, if I was going to just walk into Benton Man, I don't know. I'd say it's going to be a tough one for me. I'm going to go grab the the headphone cords that are around uh, that are on the table right now, wrap them around my face, and those will cover me more than Vader's mask does. You you say this, but Tyson lost a lot of money on this match. <laughs> he had all of it on Vader. He he was waiting for Kane's mask to come. And at on. this point, we're still under the impression that Kane is a burned and disfigured and charred like mess Can't under there. Can't speak. Cannot has no use of his vocal cords. Right. Like, I mean, just absolute, like, you're like, no, like, even as a child, I remember watching this and as a total mark, a total mark being like, there's no way Kane could lose this match. Like, it doesn't make, well, well, there's no way. Well, King is very confused about who's going to lose this match. He thinks, we're going to we going to see underneath the mask for Kane? Or, or is it going to be Vader? Are we going to see that for the first time? How is Vader's face after his reconstructive surgery? It was like, it was like King looked into the camera and said, the following comments will all be mask comments. Um, couple things. First of all, I just wrote mask match. Somebody stop them. <laughs> uh, and then also, we've seen Vader without his mask. Yeah. We like his mask literally came off. I've seen it. I, I know what his face looks like. Yeah, but also, I didn't know he has that like weird mole next to it on his cheek. But like you get that checked out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but like, okay, I got to see that. That was cool. But, but he's more but he also like had a, a storied career as Vader with yeah. no mask. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he would wear the big mask on Master of the Ring, but he wouldn't be wrestling in the mask. Right. Um, and this weird fucking, like, kink face keeny thing he's wearing is Which is very nuts. good. It's great, but it's also like there's no mystery to it. Wait, it's just, like, should they have done a factor. Mastodon versus mask match? <laughs> a uh, mask versus mask match? I think match? this match had a lot of toxic masculinity in it. Um, masculinity is a prison. I'm just going to... The mask, 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 <laughs> match? But holy shit, the build to this match... Do you remember this, Bobby? I, I mean, I know the, the I, I remember the, the last match they had with the wrench, but no, I don't know remember what was happening on Raw leading up to this. <laughs> um, so King is interviewing Paul Bearer backstage. It's one of those things where like they set down the camera and nobody knows that it's on because Paul Bearer is revealing at this point that he lost his virginity to the Undertaker's mom, and Kane is his son. Is that why they were saying that that like oh. maybe Kane looks like Paul Bearer? Yes. Wow. And so I do remember this and now. the following week they go to like a DNA testing place and they have Kane. Turns out Kane's 100% that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kane is in a black tracksuit with purple and pink accents with a bag over his head while he's getting blood drawn. Oh, I thought they were going to do a swab and just put, it, put the little thing in as a cheek. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I need to go back and watch that truly. And also, that is my Halloween costume next year. <laughs> called it. Called it. Called it. What the Ugh. fuck? Wow. So, yeah. And so, literally, after, like, that happens, because because uh, Paul Bear was like, yeah, it was a 19-year-old guy, and she came down there, and she rode me like a bucket bronco. And, um, PG-14. And then, as, as it cuts back, uh, you see King go, uh, we apologize for that locker room conversation <gasps> that came out. Wow. Locker room talk. Yeah. You know what? This is where it started. They're not surprised. <laughs> Fucking... You know he's a big he's a big wrestling fan. Uh, not not a fan, a friend, a it's friend of the a company. Hall of a famer. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh, God, I kind of want to throw up. Ugh. Wow. What a fucking sack of shit this all is. Basically, I think uh, well, a big fan piece. Of also, shit that 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 finishing tombstone sucked. Terrible. It was terrible. like his his head was a foot off of nowhere the ground. Close. There were two feet of separation yeah, at least. Nowhere close. You could have put. Stone Cold Steve Austin's head underneath Kane's head. Literally all three members of Kai and Ty could also have been in that <laughs> Sustained. I'll allow it. Thank you. But then, so the match ends. Kane goes over. They they rip the mask off of Vader. And Paul Bearer is having the time I of mean, his life. That I love. This what? I love. Wearing Vader's mask. The sweaty mask. I... Putting, a, putting, a ma- putting a wrestler's mask on your face after they've wrestled. And not just anyone's mask. Re- I would have done it. Mask. Vader, I would have put that mask on immediately. Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, I had. I mean, it was. I would put that mask on from that Macedon. So much fun. Mas- so Macedon mask match. <laughs> Paul uh, Bear like living his best life. Like Paul Bear is a, when he acts like a hedonism bot on Futurama. Is, <laughs> that's, that's my favorite Paul Bear. I love how he goes. It's Paul Bear time. <laughs> it's Paul Bear time. I love it. Um. Do, uh, if it if it was me, I think I would ca- carry like the Barbasol, um, like the thing that like, whatever they put the combs in they put at the, the barbershop. The combs in, I'd just be like, let's just dip that mask for us, just a hot second. Yeah, let's just get rid of like the surface layer of of bacteria. Just like a quick steam, right? And, like a yeah. And then and then and then put that on. I'd be dripping, going, it's Eric time. <laughs> what time is it? It's Eric time. <laughs> As it's going into my eyes. <laughs> okay, but the most important thing after the match then happens. Oh. The, the, I, I kind of love that promo. So, love I mean, interview. Eric, you've got to splice the audio in for this. Vader gives a post-match promo that is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my fucking life. Not just in wrestling, but like in truly any form of media. And honestly, in reality, period. Vader, Vader, you wanted revenge tonight? But it didn't happen. What happened out there? Man, a man usually don't have any excuses. I came here tonight competing. I got my butt whipped. I made the biggest mistake of my life. I trained. Look at me. I'm so big. Maybe it's maybe better times over. I'm nothing but a big piece of shit. A big fat piece of shit. Well, oh. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't condone his verbiage or his language, but you got to give the guy credit. He's admitted, uh, he admitted 
The better man won tonight. Bottom line, the monster from the Rocky Mountains will be back. No doubt about it, King. You think? No doubt. Doesn't sound like it to me. It is It is exactly what I think every time I look in the mirror. Yeah. Ha! Yeah, I've never felt so seen as I did by Vader. Like, like, okay, let's just break down a couple things he says. Sure. Hit me. I made the biggest mistake of my life. What was the mistake? Just getting in the ring? Or some people think it, it meant it was low-key about... About signing, Shawn Michaels? Or no, signing to WWF ever. Because, I mean, he's a legend all over the world. And yeah. he got fucked in WWF. Yeah. So some people oh, think that that's what the reference is. Oh, shit. Some people believe that. But continue. Then, what does he say? Like, I'm a piece of shit? Well, there's a there's a little bit of a buildup. And he's like, maybe Vader time's over. I mean, I've been training. I'm big. I'm so big. I'm a big fat... I'm a piece of shit. I'm nothing but a big fat piece of shit. And it's like, what? He fucking, like, has, like, a breakdown. So apparently, real the real story behind this is it was... Like, that was the idea. Like, Vince pitched it to him. He's like, you should say afterwards that you're... A, a big fat piece of shit. Like that was literally the only thing he was supposed to say. Maybe Vader time is over. Maybe it's no longer Vader time or whatever he says about Vader time. And that maybe he's a big fat piece of shit. Those are the two things that he was like given to say. The rest was just him. But those are the two things. And the idea was like, maybe it'll make him sympathetic to the audience, which I mean, mission accomplished. It made it sympathetic to me. I was like, oh, yeah, same I wanted girl. to hug him. I know. But and um, get that mole check. I wish they, they don't really capitalize on that one, but I will, uh, but I wish that was the idea. This is the whole thinking behind this. But man, it it's what a what a risk and what a tough promo because it's like, how do you come back? Like, where do you go from there? He yeah. was like he Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights. Yes. Yep. Like, That's perfect. You're such a piece of shit. Like Brent. Like, mm-hmm. you're such a piece of shit. Stupid. You're so stupid. Yeah. It was fucking awful. Yeah. And we really got to... Uh... I'm just going to say this, Eric. Cherish the next few times that you see Vader because you're not going to get much more. Uh, yeah. There's nothing to spoil. There's just really not much left. And it's a shame because I feel like this kind of promo, whew, boy, like you, don't, you have to have a redemption story to come out of it. Otherwise, like, I mean, it's, it, it's a Well, killer. but I mean, but also he, he has his own, like in his own way, like he's not on this stage anymore, but he's wrestling for the next. Yeah, but it doesn't, he never gets the fucking thing he had. No. I mean, like, no. it's really, his, his story in WWF is, it's sad. It's just like sad because he is like a legend and apparently like such a great guy, like such a great, like big, like lovable guy. Um, and it works hard as hell, and like, uh, it just, it's a bummer. And this is like, what a bummer way. I don't, I actually, I didn't remember any of this while it was happening live for wow. some reason. And I actually always really liked Vader. I remember I had a, my Vader, my Vader action figure. Um, uh, I always really liked Vader. I thought he was good. I thought he was an interesting moveset. And like, as a kid, seeing him do the moonsault, that's one of the things that made me love pro wrestling. It's he did the moon, loved it. He did the moonsault in this match, and I was like, because he he there was a, a a brief spate where he wasn't doing the moonsault as often, and so it became you know as, as we've covered in the podcast, it became a big thing to me to see the moonsault because I was like, how do I get my wife to see this moonsault? Um, he did it in this one, and I was like, oh, that's so great! He did a moonsault, and. And then, you know, then we get this thing where I'm just like, oh my god, this feels this feels a lot like his swan song. Watching, like, a 400-pound man do a moonsault, that's why I fucking love this. Like, that feels like I'm watching magic, and you don't get that in any other form of entertainment. Yeah. Live, in front of everyone, like, that's not like movie magic. There's no wires, no stuntmen, no doubles, no, no, no cuts, no nothing. That's fucking magic, and that's something you only get in wrestling. And that's something, like, people that 
shit on wrestling because it's fake or blah, 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 blah. That's what they're missing. It's like, that's the stuff that's like, that's fucking great. I heard the creators of Independence Day are actually going to do a <laughs> Vader movie where... <laughs> oh, God, I hope they keep the rubber suit. <laughs> We got a few more legends coming out. Oh, oh Jesus. I don't know how oh, to boy. this. So we've got Mad Dog Vachon and... Linda Vachon's uncle. And the Crusher. <laughs> People keep asking me, saying to me, my, like what your daughter's doing, but I have to tell you that's my niece, but I love her. Like, okay, cool. But like, honestly, though, good on him. Like, I, I, I was wondering, and I don't know this, I, I don't know the story of this, and this is merely uh, conjecture. Um, but I do wonder because I do feel like Luna is such an underappreciated yeah. talent yeah, in, in the in the in the canon, and so I wonder if that was like his way of making sure like she got a little mention. Um, on the mic. It was super cool because it's funny. It's funny how they do these these things where they honor people, and I'm always like, oh yeah, Matt, uh, who, who's this guy, Mad Dog Vashon, and blah blah blah. And I was like, oh wait a minute, no, no. Uh, when he mentioned Luna, I was like, oh yeah, they have the same last name, and I totally forgot. And I was very happy that he mentioned it. So I think it hit exactly what you were saying. Yeah, and I, but they're local guys. That's what they do this kind of thing because they're, they're they were like local guys. That they, that's why they they honored them. Local Is to Mad Wisconsin. Mad Dog was Canadian, but I think they're AWA guys. Okay, and like that was the wrestling territory. Oh, right. so got, far it, north. got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, because um, that he's Vachon, like a local guy. Mad Dog Vachon was extremely Quebecois or whatever. Yeah, he he had a real accent. Yeah, yeah, but he, they they were AW. I believe it's AWA that that was that territory, and that was so he was like local to the territory. Um, the segment was so bad and took on and lasted. Forever. So bad. Couple, and, couple notes. Yeah, please. Um, I don't even know what the fuck the crusher said. I yeah. I like one guy had an accent and the other guy just didn't well, say words. Well, he had cigar mouth. Yeah, something. Like, there's so much of these things. Like, there also if you watch him like try to grab the mic from like, like the whole thing was a mess. The whole thing was but a it, mess. But it followed like it followed because I was like as the king was talking shit through the whole thing. I'm like, oh well, I really hope the king gets his ass kicked, and then the king got his ass kicked, and then. He's keep gonna he's gonna rip off the leg, then he better get hit with the leg. Well, you're going you're you're jumping ahead. So ahead, <laughs> yes. Uh well, you know, for the people who won't likely watch this, um Yeah, I don't recommend you do. What's that? I yeah, don't don't, do not. I, I wrote this. I wrote in all caps, I do not like this. I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> I do not like this. I do not like this. This is locked actually in the vault with uh, no, with Owen no, Hart no, and, no. and the other thing. Oh, God. Yeah, do not do air. not view, duplicate, or destroy. Along with the Animaniacs. <laughs> so uh, the the Warner Brothers and and Dot. Um, okay, so what happens was what happened was uh, Mad Dog Vashon and and um, the Crusher. They're being awarded. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, I don't know, plaques for fucking over the edge plaque. I don't know what that means. Like they're, they're plaque for not dying. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're, you know, we're happy to, to salute you. And, uh, the King is talking a bunch of shit, doing a lot of talking about Mad Dog Vishon, who, um, I guess was in a bad car accident and lost a leg. And so when Mad Dog Vashon is is entering, he's he's entering with the assistance of, of like two escorts, um, literal escorts. Literally, probably. they 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 were paid by the hour. And hey, listen, sex work is work. Um, but also, I learned um, when it comes to like cops and extras, if they're not taking a bump, they're real, and if they are taking a bump, they're fake. 
So a lot of times the cops are real cops. I didn't realize that. I thought they were always fake. But apparently if they're not taking bumps, they're usually real cops. Oh. That keeps a little, a little more you know. That keeps uh, Vince from having to actually pay them a contractor fee. I'm sure, yeah. They don't have to, what's the day, the scale, what scale? <laughs> <laughs> Those cops are all gaining overtime and uh, leeching off of our paychecks at this point. Right. I'm sure, I'm, sure the local... it, I'm sure they're doing it for the photo with Stone Cold or whatever, you right. know? But anyway, go on. So, um, so he's, he's, he's very immobile. Like, it takes him a long time to get into, again, another ADA issue. Takes him a long time to get into the ring, uh, and basically they, you know, they have this. They, they're, they, they give, so they give a speech. They're nice enough speeches, except for Crusher, it doesn't make any sense. And then Lawler, uh, what does he actually come into the ring yeah. to to try to hit them, or does he just talk? He shit? doesn't talk shit. I think is what he's there for the first time. Originally, he comes in to talk shit. Yeah, because then Crusher hits him. Crusher hits him. I think with like a throat punch. Then they call it like a bulldog punch or something. Yeah. Whatever. I guess like his signature was when he was in the edit. Which it looks like a throat punch. Right. And then he's mad, and that's when he comes back in to like fight. And that's when he mad as I am that we are still talking about this segment. I cannot believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, but it is fucked up. So basically, he comes back in a couple times, and and he keeps trying to get Mad Dog Vishon's uh, prosthetic leg off, and then he gets it off. I want to take your leg off. <laughs> Good work. Uh, he did, he gets it off, but Crusher gets the leg and beats him with the leg, and it's like, oh, you got your comeuppance. Meanwhile, Mad Dog Vishon is like, like a sack in the corner, immobile. That's always like very weird about it. I, I get like these are like old hands. These are like fucking real old school carny wrestlers. You right. know what I mean? So like, you here's, know that Mad Dog Vishon was like, take my fucking leg, hit me with a. Like here's cuts. here's how this here's how this this one works. King comes into the ring. Um, Crusher hits him in the throat or whatever he does. And then he starts, immediately he starts taunting Vashon for having a leg. He turns around, Vashon takes his own legs off, hits King over the head with it. End of segment. Yes. That's how it should have been, yeah. That's how they, yeah. Instead it was like, Mad Dog Vashon is just like, kind of a mess and like, and just late, like, it it felt like, oh, we're standing up for him. And it was just gross. All of it was gross. It should have been that, yeah, like... I mean, unfortunately, I don't think that Vashon was, like, very mobile. Yeah, I don't right. think he could hit someone. Uh-huh. Because, honestly, stand on one here's leg the thing. And hit someone. He probably didn't have the fucking knees for it. Like, if he if he didn't get into that car accident, he'd still be walking bad because he probably fucked up all of his yeah. cartilage. Yeah, I'm sure this is... I mean, it's just... It was, the whole thing was just... This, this red is very sad. The whole thing was just, like, sad and awkward, and um, I hated every second of it. I truly, truly hated it. I hated it. Okay, now we can move on. So to answer your question earlier, yes, Owen is now in the nation. Um, and they've kind of dropped the of domination part of it, uh, which is a good move at this point. Um, he and Shamrock were in a match against Rocky and who the fuck cares. And then he turned on Shamrock, started beating him down. And that's why now Shamrock is kayfabe injured. But I feel like that has to be a cover-up for a real injury since he hasn't been working for so long. I did look, and I just, like, can't find any, like, record of him, like, having a big injury at this point. It doesn't mean it's not real. It just might be, like, not consequential enough to have been, you know, captured. In, well, I think that the there's record. enough other things going on at this point that where I think a month, a month ago they needed Shamrock in order to fill out that roster and to be a draw. Now, because of everything else that's going on, especially what's going on with DX at this point. 
Uh, because basically they were they had a real like vacuum of faces, and since DX is essentially turning um, into baby faces now, this is sort of they have they they have they I guess maybe they don't need Shamrock as much, but Owen's um, work with the nation helps redefine the nation from being a race based faction and about that being their sort of driver and to like recharacterize them basically as just like a stable of people who a bunch are of guys who just know each other exactly well yeah and 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 it's kind of like the idea is under rocks leadership is join up be yourself you're gonna and we'll get you where you need to be yeah we're safety in numbers we got your back it's be- sort of like and now Kama Mustafa is embracing the Godfather role, which is going to be. I don't know if he's not relabeled at this point. I don't yeah, think. no, they're starting to they, call him they the Godfather. Talked about, they talked about how in the. I don't think it's the, his official name yet. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's it's still, officially the Godfather. He's still Kama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that people are calling him the, the yes, Godfather. The commentary yes, that I didn't over. understand was that in the locker room, he's referred That's to as the Godfather. Yeah, they're putting him over as, as, as that. Which, um, in real life, what that means. He's a Don. Um, of the mafia. <laughs> yeah, is that he's giving favors. Um it's a baptism. Uh no, he uh he's just like a well respected person in the locker room, but truly, really in real life. <laughs> he doesn't need to hold the executioner as they dunk him into the river <laughs> by the uh now super church <laughs> down in Florida. But he does Charles Wright, he does his his real name. He does have a lot of uh he's one of those people that's like very well respected in the back like the level of the undertaker in terms of like a uh, locker room guy that the guys look up to and has like earned their stripes well that's cool in their career so that's where that comes from but that that the godfather becomes a character he plays much more pronounced um so that we're like mid that transformation and speaking of earning stripes the dx army is in full effect and i would love uh so actually eric i gotta tell you um aaron and i were kind of conspiring and and powwowing before if this was because there are a few segments coming up in our and especially in '98 in the next few months on the Raws that are legendary and some of them we were trying to figure out like how do do we have to have Eric watch certain ones before because there are certain segments that we have to talk about. Yeah, well, there's one in particular that yes we're we're figuring out how we're going to work that in. Well, I mean in the earlier episodes we did I know that. but we we just, we just have to make sure we don't like it's a slippery slope but we don't get to like got to watch everything so how do we draw the line? So this is one of the ones that Aaron and I went back and forth on like should we make Eric watch this or not and we ultimately decided not. So Aaron will catch you up on it. Um, but this is one of I would say top five definitely top 10 maybe top five most infamous segment like most like famous noteworthy segments on raw of all time and it's not very good going back onto it now but but the idea for it is is fucking awesome it's just kind of like so dx is in full like army gear at this point and they're at the um the hampton roads coliseum in virginia and not far away, WCW is doing Nitro. And so DX in full military gear with like a Humvee rides up to WCW and starts filming stuff outside of the arena before WCW starts. Gets a whole bunch of people behind him. They're all chanting, suck it. It's like true. It's like truly guerrilla style. Like, it literally is guerrilla style. Like, mm. they didn't really get, like, permits. They were, like, trying to see what they get away with. It was very, like, fly by the seat of their pants. Very the kind of attitude thing that, like, worked because it was so out of the box and nuts and risky. 
And basically they're trying to embarrass them. And they're like outside, like, you're not mad enough to come out and fight us. They're like out their arena. And they're like, they're like we're at the hotel. <laughs> we're waiting for the limo to pick us up. Exactly. And they're trying to coordinate. It's so funny if you like hear people talk about like working on this segment and what it was like, what they were trying to get, where they can pull the, the tank, the tank, the Humvee or whatever, yeah. where they can't put it. It's a Hummer can't. that has like a, some kind of like a tube that looks like some kind of yeah. projectile launcher where they could drive the ramp they, they you can drive down the ramp you can't go inside the garage they were like trying to negotiate all these things to make it seem like they were like really pushing the limits of this and I remember that this I remember so distinctly watching I'm getting goosebumps honestly thinking about it which is embarrassing um, and this is the point where I'm like DX is the fucking coolest thing in the world this is the coolest thing in the world can I admit something sure I started kind of like dancing along i was like watching <laughs> i was watching uh the the this on my headphone with my headphones on and like i just found myself subconsciously dancing along to their music and i was like no 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 no, no. stop this the coolest thing in the, it was the uh, there was literally nothing cooler to me at this point so there were there were a couple of other like little invasion things that happened they went to the cnn tower down in atlanta where where ted turner obviously owns they're like talking to security they, they took the, the like the studio tour while we were anderson there. cooper you're not mad enough to come out here <laughs> and then at the end there was like a cgi missile that flies into the cnn tower and they, oh, they blew it up God. and then they were at like an airstrip for another one and um Road Dog is in like full pilot's gear and he's like, Oh, you know, you're too high to do this. <laughs> um, and oh, then Triple H Triple H is the one who's gonna get into that cockpit and, and get up there and fly. And I don't know if this is I couldn't tell if it was actual or if they were like like generated images of him skywriting over Nitro, like DX suck it and like tune to uh it was like Triple H versus The Rock on USA, tune in, or all this stuff. I'm going to venture a guess and say it was definitely not real. <laughs> and definitely not him. Well, definitely not him. We can definitely say that with absolute certainty. Oh, you mean certified pilot Hunter Hurselmsley couldn't get behind the wheel? <laughs> the wheel? Behind the stick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'll get behind hey, the stick. Hey, why don't you oh. count down from five again, you fucking idiot? <laughs> also, it's so hard, Eric. <laughs> one of my favorite things about it um it was computer graphics yeah. um but one of the things that i really loved about all of this is just that like it did feel even though it didn't feel even though you knew it wasn't real and you knew they weren't actually invading that was okay because they were humiliating them regardless mm. even that it, even even in kpap if you were like we know this is not real they're giving them so much shit and you knew they were like just the right way to get under their skin. Like, under... Well, was WCW not doing anything back? No. But that's the thing. But, like, everyone watching was like, these guys are so fucking cool. What a bunch of fucking losers. They're owning... They owned the shit out of them. And in the coming weeks, they're going to try to get them back in a way that is going to backfire on them spectacularly. Historically, famously, in the biggest way possible. And this is at a rise. You know? Yeah. But enough about that. Well, so, this match is a lot of fun. I, here's what I'm going to say. Um, I think that Degeneration X owns the stage when they come out. They own that. They own that ring, and uh, you, like it all came together. Like I feel like Triple H's voice changed. It did. It's still not there all the way. I noticed because like their whole entrance and that sort of like call and response stuff is 
standard now. And like mm-hmm. they will do that every time and it becomes like a it I know it sounds like God, it must be annoying and repetitive, but no, you like, you keep eating it up every time forever. Well, it, I mean, it's the same thing. Uh, we're talking about these assholes earlier, but as much as we hate them now, when Enzo Amore and Big Cass came out and they did their whole thing, yep. yeah, every single time I was about it. Totally. When the New Day does their same thing every single time, about it because it's fun, and when you're in the arena, you can say along with it, and it's like singing along with your favorite song almost. It's great. They're great. Uh, yeah, no, um, Triple H is really good. Road Dog is so good mm, on yeah. the mic. Yeah, He's That's... so good. He's got that voice. Yeah. Oh, um, I thought it was ridiculous how much time JR and Lawler were spending on the time zone question. <laughs> like, I what don't... time is it in, in England? We don't know. It... it <laughs> Well, let's see. There's five hours ahead, but actually we're in central time. Oh, God. We'll just, and they just kept going. They're like, what time's it in China? Like, it was, they, well, they, and JR, they a, and JR also kept bringing up Liberace clothes, which yes. I can't think of anything more loaded than that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was. But speaking of clothes, Owen's gear, where he's got the warning on him. What are you warning us about, Owen? <laughs> Yep. Well, isn't that, that, doesn't that tie in with his music where it's like, yeah. warning, guy's about to die. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Yikes! Woof. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. God. Uh, uh, yikes. Oh. Wow, big yikes! I didn't even know it was gonna come out until it did. Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us in a different direction here. Uh, I think it was uh, it was Owen's big old ass, and there's some dangerous uh, curves ahead. I sure. can see that. I can see that. Um, I will say I do like um, Triple H in these like weird leather pants he's in. Mm-hmm. Into that, he he took uh, Shawn Michaels' wardrobe and just was uh, like, yeah, oh, it's, like I'll a very, do this. it's like it's I'm not quite. I was like looking the whole time because this is like not a look he stays with very long, and I was like, what are we? What what's the idea here? Yeah, um, they're like leather, like pleather bell bottoms with like uh, yeah. bright teal, not green like the DX colors. They're like bright teal H's like. It's like the it's like the cast it's like what they cut off of Bradshaw's ring gear yeah. to be able to make Bradshaw's ring gear. <laughs> yep. And then China, who's wearing like a whole bunch of washers yeah. over her boobs. I'm into it, I think. And handcuffs that have been fashioned. That top must have been so heavy. Dude, she could fucking hold up the world. You know what I mean? You could strap her fucking refrigerator to the top of the like her like top and mm-hmm. she would stand there same. Is it, isn't it what Aristotle said? Give me China and a place to keep her and I will move the world? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I do think is there that are the lever that's That was the enough? lever, yeah. Okay. Give me a lever big enough and a place to put it. There are um, moments with DX that I'm liking now where you get almost, where China gets to like break a little bit and it's really fun. It's really fun to see her enjoying herself. Up Wait, there. where it's does she break... It's very, it's like very subtle. I think honestly, it's like a very subtle, like half smile you kind of see in her eye, but you can catch it. I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting. Oh, it's like Tyra Banks. She's smizing. She is. But there's like a little glint. There's like a little, she's having fun. And like there, this is the first time she's like really, truly an honest to God face now. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, yeah. I don't know. You, I, I think, I don't know. I just like get it, that energy from her. They're like, she is like 
feeling it and is like uh i'm gonna look for that because yeah 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 yeah. look for it it makes sense you could see it in her eyes you can see like little half smiles come out that like she tries to like not catch on camera like it's 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 really fucking endearing it's Mm. really fucking endearing um she is one of my favorite most tragic figures in wrestling history well the signs around the ring for china for this one here including like a crudely drawn china there was one i saw that was weird i forget what it said yeah. There was like a bunch of, like, I couldn't even like make it. I was like, I don't even know what you're trying to say. Her elbow. So to, can we go towards yeah. the end of yes. the match? Yeah, so, so, I, I will say just overall in this match, I did not think this match was very good. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun, but there yeah. was, it was a lot of frequent tags. Only D'Lo and Road Dogg really took any offense and uh-huh. for like extended periods. So I just didn't have, I, I just didn't think the storytelling of the match itself was super. I thought, uh, I mean, I, I thought it was, a, I, I wrote very fun match. There was, there was a moon. There was a moonsault. We had D-Lo? again. D'Lo Brown always does the good moonsault. D'Lo is a, such a great performer. Um, I thought, uh, you know, uh, Billy Badass was a pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like Looking he, real hot. Yeah, he had a, he had a, some good big hoss type stuff, like where he was like lifting, just f- f- fucking lifting guys up or throwing them. That was really fun. But you know what? Six man tag. That's even yeah. less time in the ring for him. Yeah. No, I know. I immediately, I was immediately looking for him to just be like reaching for the inhaler <laughs> or whatever. No, I. Um, it was that the lead up to it. I was like, you know what? This is really fun. The tag, like I, they did it. They they had a lot of quick tags and they kind of cycled through guys a lot. So I was still okay with it. And then let's talk about the ending because yeah, I thought the ending was really fun. China's yeah. fucking elbow to Mark Henry, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, this ramped it up fantastically. And then who brought in the belts? Do you remember? Uh, Billy and Triple H brought in the belts. Yeah, they brought in the belts to try to use those as a weapon. And then uh, Owen pedigrees Triple H right onto the belt. Which, like, in terms of extended storytelling. I get like how this would like move some nice pieces together. I just thought the storytelling in the match itself, like the physical story in the match, was lacking. But I did like now Owen is more dangerous. Owen mm-hmm. finally getting a win over Triple H, like which he's been trying to and being thwarted at every turn. Like finally being able to get that win over Triple H was outsmarting him basically. Was anyone legal at the end of that match though? Yeah, it kind of like fell apart. It was all like it was just like six people all fighting in the in the ring. Yeah. But yeah, ended on a pretty decisive victory for a feud that's going to go on for like a few months and push and break the boundaries of good taste in a way that several people will maybe never recover from. Cool. Yeah. All right. Excited for it. Um, I I had a lot of fun with this match, though. I mean, like the way you know, I was okay with the way it 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 uh, devolved or degenerated into just you know fucking everything all over the place i was i was into it so when you said this is like the the um taka michinoku match was like the second best i was like oh really because i mean third okay okay that makes sense because obviously we're coming up on the best so before we get into the main event i just want to go over some of the important things from raw that we missed along the way Val Venus has gone from coming to here. Val Venus uh, cut a um, a promo, a package with Jenna Jameson, where she looked like she was wearing a bandolier of bloody tampons. Cute. And he has since arrived and given Scorpio an L. Val Venus, the gimmick is he's a porn star. Oh, okay. That's I think that's the important thing. So the whole thing would be like he's filming 
um, Lust in Space or something like that. That so was literally was, one of them. Yeah, yes. I remember. He was doing that. Because I remember, okay, this is like when wrestling was like sort of, um, I don't understand why it's kind of sexy to like, oh, I am there. I am like, I have a sexual relationship with wrestling now, which was Val Venus. Um, Got it. So he's a porn star. He like sh- like he shows up in a towel, and he then he takes a towel off as part of his entrance. But he's wearing like the briefs underneath. But he comes out in a towel, and it's supposed to be like this. Yeah. And all of his packages, it's all like there's like naked women walking around in the background, and like it's all it's like so beyond yeah. beyond. Okay. Fun. I can't wait to unpack him with all y'all. Um, Edge is coming and living in a subway. I don't remember how they introduced Edge. Edge is some weird app. There's like so much. It's a stuff. lot of like just like him in a city. There's one package where where the um the voiceover goes undaunted. He heads for the horizon like some Spanish galleon's quest for the water's edge. It's like, like okay, Christopher Columbus. But he's on his way. Um, Dustin Runnels comes out and burns his gold dust gear. And finally, the Jackal comes out with uh, Crackhead Bob and Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf from Um, Howard Stern. Okay. And introduces his new thing, the Parade of Human Oddities, which includes Golga, who, do you remember Earthquake from back in the day? Earthquake and uh, Typhoon or Tugboat were the natural disasters. I sort of remember Typhoon, but I don't remember They were were way, way They were just like huge guys from like 88, Yeah, they were like demolition, like that era, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And um, Giant Silva and Luna are the three of them right now. We'll get some more in there, but no, Kirk. So it's just Silva, Luna. And Golga. And Golga. Oh, who was Silva? Oh, I remember Silva now. Okay, yeah. I remember Silva now. Golga uh, is Earthquake and to mask him. So he's actually wearing an Eric Cartman t-shirt for reasons. Not yet. Oh, not yet. But he will be wearing an Eric Cartman t-shirt, whatever. But he's okay. wearing that brown leather mask. Yeah. They don't want people to see that he's Earthquake. But they also were trying to do this thing where they'd like make it look like it was lumpy. Like he had bone protrusions. Like he had like weird, like he had like a fucked up head. Okay. So they're honestly trying to do like freaks. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of us. And literally when they come to the ring, there's video from the movie freaks <laughs> not very subtle there yeah on the nose can I, we get to it yeah we're right here let's 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 i well, i know we will we'll do a lot of setup and things but i'm gonna just first say i think this is one of if not the greatest attitude match and i forgot that it even happened and because uh, i'm not saying like like a, of the entire era? I'm saying of uh, how emblematic it is uh-huh. of the Attitude Era. Like, it's one of, like, there's so much in it that's so um, perfect. It's a yeah. perfect match. This is... It's a perfect match. This is... Well, Everything it's, about it it's definitely... It's the, the best match that we've had since Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. 100%. But considering all the all of the story involved... Uh-huh. This is a masterpiece. Well, that's what I was going to say. So... This is juggling so many different stories and... Perfectly, everyone makes every decision is justified. Mm-hmm. Everyone's motivation is clear. Everyone's participation makes sense and is not too far. And again, I, this is the benefit of hindsight. We're so spo- like we have seen the authority figure stacks the deck against the anti-hero champion like an infin- infinite amount of times. Right. This is this the is the, the first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, yeah. the best. That's so, why I was gonna say. It, like you said, all of it makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I have yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, Eric, will... Eric, ask your questions. Oh, God. Okay. I the, my, my first note is I missed so much. Um, well, okay. So I... 
I sort of I, uh, Vince has has started becoming the bad guy, bad guy. Like uh, I I remember I guess like what uh, Austin is arguing with him. He winds up hitting. Oh, he hit him in the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so going back. So wait. So going well, back well, hold to on. let's let's. I think we need like a point of order. There's like so much to unpack here, and so like let's figure out like the best way to. I think like one by one each person's involvement. Well, I want to I want to start with let's set up where we were at at the end of the last right. pay per view. So the end of the last pay per view ends with Austin hitting Vince with a chair. On purpose, we could say that yes. hits him with a chair on purpose. He covers dude love. There's no referee. Austin counts one, two, three, and gets the win. Mick Foley has an amazing match on Raw against Terry Funk, and so the whole idea was first Vince says Dustin is the number one contender, to which uh, dude love is obviously miffed because he's doing everything that Vince told him to, and then Vince books him in this match with Terry Funk and says if you beat your friend if you rip his heart out and hold it in front of him then you will show me that you have the fire that it takes to be the number one contender and to take out steve austin it is beautiful and it's actually technically the first official wwf hardcore match i believe the terry funk um how so i wasn't it well um what about cactus jack versus hunter hearst helmsley was that a hardcore match technically? I it was. Like, I, I feel like in my research for this, it was like this was officially like they, the they first. said hardcore or yeah. something. Okay, because they've had like no disqualification, yeah, no holds barred, course, and course, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Okay, but but I feel like this was the first hardcore match. Well, whatever they call that match, it's fucking great. And so he wins decisively, and then it's enough to show Vince that he's his boy. And to show Vince, particularly that he's his boy, he starts showing up in a sports coat and a tie, but still wearing sweatpants. And he's got he's got his um, teeth fixed. Yeah, his teeth are in. But what I love about this is that it it makes perfect sense. It, so Mick Foley, his whole life has dreamed about being the pretty boy world champion Shawn Michaels. That's his fantasy. Vince sees an opportunity to exploit that to finally get a, someone he can a champion he can control by promising him the looks and the, then the and the girls and like whatever the whole Shawn Michaels experience mm. if he can manipulate him and then beats him like physically had like has him plays all these mind games with him until he breaks him down um, which I think is a really cool thing like, I think it makes perfect yeah. sense like it just it, it, it follows logic yeah, it shows Vince to be the manipulator that he is without him having to be like an overt cartoony supervillain kind of thing. Which for me, again, like um, prior to this, you know, whenever he had issues with um, Austin, it was more like, Austin, come on, like work with me. You're not doing this is more like I, I like I'm beginning to hatch a plan and like. And, and it you you start to see deviousness, whereas there wasn't that before. So interesting. It's really it's funny that you mentioned that. So I think that something that gets often lost is that, as we recall at the last pay per view, Vince took that chair shot to the head, and we don't. And I don't remember how much they drive it home, but it is part of the story that these unprotected chair shots that Vince is taking is part of what makes him go from just a corporate just the the ceo of wwf to uh, a psychopath wait really? yes wait oh. are they saying like like ctes <laughs> i mean basically 
basically. But that's part, that's like, it's justification though, based on the chair shots he took. Because he took those unprotected hair, uh, chair shots. And, uh, but he's not the only one taking chair shots because Vince also, on the Raw lead up, shows up from the crowd wearing a creepy, like, baby Austin mask. It looks, you know the, the, the gif of the guy who's wearing, like, the baby mask and he's got the shirt off and, no, no. no. I was actually, I mean, I only saw part of it in the, in the, um, in the package, but to me, it looked like he dressed like the Six Flags old guy. <laughs> oh, God. I never saw that before. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. That is what it looks like. <laughs> but so after that, um, Vince comes to the ring with a bunch of officers to protect him from Austin as he's... Um, as he's bragging about assaulting Austin the week before, Austin comes down and says, oh, you dumb son of a bitch. You just admitted on camera that you assaulted me. Officers, would you please take this man away? Austin's a snitch. Sorry, man. Don't You don't narc on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> don't call the cops. Um... <laughs> But then Austin lets him out with an apology, makes him apologize, and then drops the charges. And Kendrick gives him a very patronizing pat on the head that's like, he's a good kid. Yeah. And which leads to one of my favorite things where he comes into the ring and he's like, I had to agree to let there be a special guest there to make sure that I call this because he's named himself the special guest referee for this. And he's named Briscoe the special timekeeper, and he's named Patterson the ring announcer, in order to stack the deck against him. But Vince says, and he made me give him an apology, which I did not mean. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> he, he, he sounded very apologetic during the apology, but man, he really took He didn't it. mean He really it. walked that back. And Vince is also um, basically rigging Mick Foley's matches leading up to this, too, as, like, showing what he could do at this. So, like... Yeah. He puts, I think, I want to say it's Steve Blackman, like an abdominal stretch and like rings the bell like a screw job style. So like he's sort of like showing that he's not afraid to break the rules and do whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's all leading up to this. And he also tries to manipulate the Undertaker. And Aaron, do you want to fill in the details on that? Vince books a match, Undertaker versus Austin, trying to get Undertaker to kind of like do his bidding. Undertaker comes to the ring and choke slams McMahon um, before Kane fights him out of the ring, going along with that story. So basically, it's the story is Undertaker's not going to be manipulated and I guess respects Austin enough that he's going to be the enforcer for this match. Basically, and what I love about this and how it plays out throughout, and I don't want to like get too far ahead, but one of the great things I love about the Undertaker's involvement in this is that it, again, makes sense. He is a guy that is known to like respect the business. He's nobody's fucking tool. He's like nobody's instrument. Um, but he's also not like so in love with Austin that he's like a tag team and he's gonna like really work to like give him an edge. It's like no, he's like just here to make sure like no one fucks this, like fucks him because he respects him as a competitor, but he's not his friend. Right. And like playing that line is really smart. The same way with McFoley. Um, we'd see now just a straight up heel, like he would just be a heel turn for no reason. He'd be like, nobody appreciates me, now I'm mad! And just like mm-hmm. very, like, it's so basic and dumb. Yeah. But with the history of Do Love and what he represented and what he stood for and McMahon playing on that is brilliant and makes perfect 
sense. Mm-hmm. He didn't wake up one day and decide to be a villain like Seth Rollins does or to Kevin Owens or whatever. Like right. wakes up that morning and is like, I'm mad now. Or he didn't just pull a, pull a t-shirt off that said something different <laughs> from the t-shirt that was on over. Why do you wear two t-shirts? I don't know. Why would anybody wear two t-shirts? I, it sounds I, so uncomfortable. I truly cannot start the two t-shirt debate again. <laughs> you never wore a long sleeve t-shirt under a short sleeve t-shirt? I tried once and it was just like, this never. doesn't work for me. Absolutely never. Never wore, I, I actually just like don't like long sleeve t-shirts in general. I'm too sweaty. Yeah, I agree. I gotta have layers. This match is fucking great. And yep. then we get to the match and oh. all that setup. Well, first of all, wait. Okay. There's the promo with Vince. Where he, it's like him with Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, and which I think went on for nineteen hours. It was a very yeah. That was it. Was, it was a long. Well, I mean the I'm before the the intros. It's the promo where they're being interviewed, and the the I was very like. I mean, I think I'd seen a little bit of Vince's body prior to this, but like in that like the the special made ref outfit uh he's really roiding out it's yeah. and he of course he does this whole like his like by my hand by my hand this match is going to end and it's a little bit like hey ladies which way is the gym is it is it this way is it that way and he's like flexing. eric is flexing and pointing in another direction but also beautiful foreshadowing yeah it has to end by yeah. my hand like again the writing is purposeful. Yeah. Everything has everything in this match serves a fucking purpose. Yep. It is a twenty minutes of the most tightly packed storytelling I've ever seen in wrestling. Like it is sports entertainment at its finest. It really is. Um, I and, and then getting into that, the, you know, the the introductions which go on forever, but I love it. But that's it's so good. The gimmick, and Pat Patterson is doing a great job. Oh my god, the he does a live read of a. Of the Briscoe Brothers commercial. So fucking like, funny. It's worth the drive. Go down to Florida. That number again is 813. And I was like, this is hilarious. It's brilliant. It's really, really, really good. And I gotta say, when Austin comes out, he has never looked hotter. Like, I watched this match with Nathan. I turned to him and I was like, Nathan, I cannot stress this enough. Um, he can spit in my faggot mouth. Like, I am... <laughs> he is so hot. You should this. have that sign. Yeah. He is... <laughs> he is so hot. He's so hot. He's, it's the hottest Austin's ever looked. I don't even know what it is about him, but, like, I truly couldn't even, like, concentrate on the screen. Well, I mean, they had just done such a great job building the heat for... And, like, everyone in that audience is like, well, we're gonna get to the fucking match or, or what? And so by the time that Austin gets out there, they are going insane. Yeah, it's beautiful. They, they've just been, like, teasing these people with raw meat. And then not only is all of this intro and all of the setup great, the match itself is, is fucking fantastic. Fucking awesome. Is yeah. fucking great. Foley and Austin go about 20 minutes, and the twists just keep unfold. Oh, so uh, they make the announcements. They, you know, Pat Patterson gives a very over-the-top, uh, flowery announcement for Gerald Briscoe and for Vince McMahon and for Dude Love and then gives like a shitty one for Stone Cold. Yeah, I'm not gonna this beer swan. Yeah, he's a jerk or whatever. Yeah, it's just like just a real basic yeah, it's real good. insulting thing. But still, great. That's about to start and all of a sudden the Undertaker's gong hits and everyone fucking loses mm-hmm. it! And the Undertaker comes to like fucking stand outside and like Vince is like, oh, 
fuck. And then throughout the match, whenever Vince has a chance to do something screwy, the Undertaker's right there, and Vince is like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh sorry, oh fuck, oh fuck. And Undertaker doesn't have the teardrop tattoo? No, he is awesome. He's like straight up badass right now. Mm-hmm. Not America badass, that will come later. He is straight up badass right now. Um, so the match starts happening. They start fighting outside. Now we know that Austin has a champion's advantage. Champion can't lose via DQ Ooh, or count But before you're, what you're about to say, Mick Foley's teeth bridge falls out and austin stomps on the teeth and that was just such a great move right there was that do you think that was planned or was that like uh mm-hmm. on the spot mm-hmm. i feel like it may have been on a planned thing maybe either way you don't want to lose your teeth bridge oh i think he's wearing like a flipper like a like a like a i think he's wearing a flipper a f- no he he had a retainer a, a flipper like like the, they wear in the child beauty pageants do you guys never watch Childers and tiaras no first no. of all it was a cultural phenomenon in like 2008 where yeah, were you it was child abuse Oh, and I refuse to watch is, it. It's absolutely child abuse. Um, but basically, yeah, we're all saying the same thing. A flipper is just like a fake, it's like fake straight white teeth, that you, like like a retainer, yeah. you clip over your other teeth. Yeah. yeah. A bridge. Call, no, I think a, a bridge, bridge is, is installed. No. I, if I'm right on this too, Aaron, I swear to God, you better go buy me a drink because <laughs> you have been on uh, my ass all night. You should buy night. me a drink because I'm going to have to edit all that You've been out. on my ass all night and I'm telling you, like, uh... A flipper is more temporary and I believe cheaper, and they do it for little kids because their teeth are fucked up because they're kids, and they're gonna get better eventually. So they don't. It's not even correcting. It's just literally a mask. Um, but I thought a bridge has to be installed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a bridge is something that you get as like part of like, and it can be removed. Yeah, but it doesn't come out as easily. Like a flipper is designed to come on and off, like dentures. Similar, yeah, uh, similar. Sort of like but they fit over your teeth, and it's yeah. just like a fake. It's like a retainer, except that yeah. it has fake teeth on the outside. Okay, so couple things. Uh, I mean, technically, any tooth, Aaron, can be removed <laughs> with enough with enough force. Uh, if we stay late enough, I will remove all of your teeth. <laughs> um, okay, couple things first. One, the uh, they start the match, and I thought it was a the the beginning of the match was really good because. Um, dude pins Austin and Vince does the fast count. He counts to two like super fast mm-hmm. and like it gets everything started on exactly the level where the count is super important. He's gonna like you you know he's gonna count, you know, he's he wants to get the pin on Austin, so he's gonna cheat any way he can, which sets up the other stuff, right? The well, there's no disqualifications and there's Falls count anywhere. Because it removes the champion's advantage. Yes. Now, uh, also there was a this is gay chant. What, so Vince, what was that so it was Vince, so I, this is funny because the announcers say they're chanting Vince, uh, Vince, Vince is, is dead. dead. Yeah. But no, they were definitely oh. chanting Vince is gay. I, Vince is gay. I thought that this is gay. I thought I, I was, I breathed a sigh of relief when I thought it was Vince is dead. No. No. They were covering. There's no fucking oh, yeah. way they no. weren't. They said, they said gay. Vince is gay. They said gay. Vince a is gay. And then they're like, I think they're saying Vince is dead. It's like, they are absolutely not saying Vince I did is not, dead. I didn't know the Vince part. I thought they were saying Vince. this is gay. I'm like, why do they think this is gay? I mean, no, Vince in, the, is gay. in the pejorative sense of gay, of just like, sure. not cool. I mean, no, it's good. gay because Stonewall Steve Austin is there wearing little black briefs with his happy troll coming out, <laughs> and it's doing it for me. I mean, like, in that way, it is gay. Uh, so they have that. They also have the bullshit chant, which is a great chant. Um, and then, uh, dude loves flipper bridge, whatever you want to call it. We'll debate this forever. Comes out, and this was so fucking amazing. 
Lawler goes, I think dude love lost his smile. Yeah. And that was, to me, that was artistic to a degree, like to an arrested development degree, like the Lucille. Yeah. And like, you know, like the, uh, everything with Buster where he's got a hand chair and he's like all these things where I'm like, of course, of course, dude love who has sweet shin music will lose his smile in the most literal way possible. Awesome. Awesome. That's a that's a perfect fucking line. To me, this match, JR and the King earned their spot in the Hall of Fame in this match. Yes. The way that JR sells the indignation every time Vince stacks the deck is Come on! Yeah. Oh, come when was that announced? That's not fair. Like, they are yes. fucking giving they are putting over this match in a way that like elevates it to a whole other level. Mm-hmm. It's it's note perfect. They brawl up the aisles. Austin um, gets a crimson mask at one point. Definitely oh, bladed. The fucking he clotheslined he clotheslined uh, Mick Foley or Dude Love onto the cement. Oh like, man, that it, looked that did not look safe for anybody. No, Mick Foley takes real. I mean, we're about to see some of the most insane Mick Foley bumps or any bump period. in wrestling period, yeah, period coming up soon. Full stop. So uh, next month, <laughs> this is incredible. But. Um, but it, also, there were some um, padded parts on the floor that they did a really good job making it look like concrete as well. Oh, 100%. Also, I love the part when they're in the aisle and Vince is counting and Undertaker's just hovering over him. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. And Vince's face was selling it amazing. Everything about it was great. So should we, could we move to the finish? So we're now in the point where they're saying, and falls count anywhere. This is when they're... Uh, wrestling in the junkyard. Yeah, whatever. With, with why is there a plugged-in streetlight? Like, <laughs> there's there's literally no purpose. Like, who brings a car in there? Anyway, it looked like um, I don't know if you guys ever had the the Marvel action figures. It wasn't Secret Wars. It was later on. It was like when they they had like a thing action figure, uh, and. It was like the thing with like a with a broken street okay, lamp. Okay, do you remember this? It reminded me of that little like action figure playset where it was just like the thing with like a street lamp for like the the street that he like hung out on with those like you know those the Yancey Street kids. The Yancey yeah. Street kids. It was the Yancey Street lamp, and I'm like, what is this doing here? This doesn't make any sense. I personally, as a comic book fan, did not care about whether the thing showed up with the Yancey Street lamp. But anyway, that's what it felt like. It was super weird. But I was like, is there a question here? <laughs> they're, they're, they're on the cars. They have amazing bumps on those cars. At one point, uh, Mick Foley is like standing up and being pinned on the hood or maybe the trunk of, of like a car. And it was like, he's not down and he's not like laying on the car. It was, but they were calling, they were like, they were, they were, they were, they were like counting it. And I basically was like, well, okay, if falls count anywhere and they are basically up against the car hood, does that mean you can pin somebody against the wall? Like, does there have to be a vertical nature to falls counting anywhere? Um, I feel like in general it does. I don't know what in this match. Like, you're right. That was weird. That's not something you commonly see. And no, it's not addressed. And I don't know. And since it was like a pin on dude love, it doesn't make sense for the story of it. Yeah. Um. But I can see maybe wanting to like show that he's being impartial and not piss off the Undertaker and whatever. Sure. So, okay, it was weird, but you know, a very uh, small, th- 
thing to pick with this ama- yeah, otherwise yeah. Don't, no, no, don't, that's a great match. question that's a, that's a good question but moving to the finish um, there's obviously shenanigans Stone Cold uh, hits the thunder on Mick Vince refuses to count and he's kind of like oh shit what am I going to do Austin starts getting in Vince's face uh, Mick grabs a, has, grabs a steel chair that was like, I think used on him a moment ago Mick has the chair. He goes to hit Austin from behind. Austin gets out of the way. He fucking wails McMahon with another unprotected chair shot. The only time I've never worried about somebody taking a <laughs> chair shot. I was yeah. like, go ahead, man. Take five. Give it to him. Um, he takes that fucking chair shot. So now Vince is out. Uh, Mick gets the mandible claw on Austin and has him down. But there's no one to... Uh, no, I'm sorry. First Austin hits a stunner, then on Mick, goes to pin him. A second referee comes out. Um, second referee comes out, starts counting. Pat Patterson pulls him out. Pat Patterson clocks him with a right hand. That punch looked great. He he hit he fucking knocked the shit out of that guy. Mike Kyoto. Then uh uh then Mick puts in the mandible claw. Patterson jumps in to to do the count. Undertaker is not having it. Undertaker pulls him out, choke slams him through the table in and Patterson. It's like one of those things. It's the best pa- the bump it's the best bump Patterson has taken his whole career. He takes a choke slam and he kicks his legs so far in the air that it just looks fucking amazing. It looks amazing. Yeah, he looks dead. It just the height he got. It's, I was explaining it. I was watching him with Nathan and I was like, "You have to understand. This is one of those things that looks so good because of the guy who's receiving it." Like Pat Patterson did all of the work to make that look fucking awesome, and it ruled. Then Gerald Briscoe goes into count Mick pinning Mick having the claw, and I guess pinning Austin with the claw. Gerald jumps in. Undertaker pulls him out, puts him to the Spanish announce table. Not as pretty as Pat, not as beautiful. Like that Patterson chokeslam was gorgeous. Was a thing of, was like art. Yeah. This wasn't that great, but still huge pop for that. Now there's no one to count. Austin hits a stunner on Mick, pins him, no one to count, grabs the limp corpse of Vince McMahon, takes his hand, counts himself a three count. Yeah. Because the match can only end by what? Vince Vince's McMahon's hand. hand. Which they fucking check off Vince McMahon's hand all night, <laughs> and here it is. And it was perfect. And Austin wins, and the crowd goes fucking ballistic. Undertaker's decisions made a lot of sense, but they weren't too far. He didn't help Austin get an unfair advantage. He just gave him a fair advantage. And, and then they sold he, that at the end. And then yeah. the look between Austin and the Undertaker at the end is great. And now I can't wait to hear from the Undertaker on the next Raw. Yep. It was absolutely beautiful one of my favorite matches i did not remember this i did not i was not looking forward to this or looking back on it fondly um and watching i was like holy shit this is one of the best things i've ever seen in wrestling oh so good this for me i we you know i think i I forget if we talked we definitely talked about before we started recording but this for me was the moment where i was like oh this is this is like the the full incarnation i mean obviously it's gonna get crazier but it's it's like the full realization of McMahon versus Austin in the sense of just saying like, I'm going to have my guys against you. You can see how years later you've got, you know, corporate Kane and corporate uh, triple H and the things that they're doing in years and years, you know, 15, 20 years later, how they are exactly what, Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson are doing. Yeah. Uh, and those guys are just like old ass dudes, 
you know, like there was a J and J Security, which I think might have been right before we released. That was right when we it, started like, right around yeah. then. But they were the same. They were like stooge. They were like corporate stooges. Like it's the same idea. Uh, but this is the first. This is really the beginning of it, and it's kind of it's crazy to watch, and it's yeah. crazy that like they did it perfectly. This was perfect. This was perfect. Um. So I I had an observation around the time that they started doing the like when I was watching this around the time that they started doing the intros, the really long intros. I had an observation that I thought, to me, felt very poignant because um, what I feel like I'm noticing uh, as WWE or WWF, whatever, goes into the Attitude Era, which, to, you know, from what I can see, it feels like it's like a very, very different idea of wrestling. It's a very different idea of like what can happen in a match. They're going in that direction, but they also, at a, in a parallel um, course, are going a much heavier than I expected or or remembered from pre this time into the history of wrestling and into the personalities of the people in wrestling. So it to me it felt like there's it, it's becoming a lot more personality driven. Not just in the Stone Cold is a is a crazy is a is a you know this booming personality, but like hey guys, like you got to remember like remember Gerald Briscoe, remember Pat Patterson, remember like uh, Mad Dog Vachon, like we're gonna honor all these people and we're gonna have some of these people become you know take on these uh, these roles, but also we're going to you know. Uh, we're gonna we're we're going to honor them in uh you know we're gonna honor their wrestling career but we're also going to honor them in a story wise way by saying like these guys are poignant and they're poignant for being themselves and it's not like a gimmick anymore you know what I mean like there's it feels like as they're you know as they're getting into uh just you know attitude stuff and they are gonna have still gonna have gimmicks they're embracing a very non-gimmick aspect well and i like it i like i i don't know that's i mean that's i mean uh, i agree with some of what you're saying uh, it's hard a lot of things that's hard is like because we're watching a lot of this in a vacuum so Patterson and joe briscoe were wrestling under those names before they're they're almost like a pre-gimmick like you know what i mean like before the the occupation gimmick yeah craze back when wrestling was not yeah. televised and not territories or it was televised only locally or whatever right so they a lot of history is made up Pat Patterson was the first Intercontinental Champion. He didn't earn that belt. They put it on him and said he won a 75-man tournament in Brazil, which never happened. <laughs> because oh, who's I, ever going to... How would you know? There's I no internet. There's mm-hmm. no nothing. It's all carny. It's like so much of the carny bullshit. Um, what you're saying that was right, that like it's less... It's definitely less hokey. It's less um, sort of like obviously like Godwin's um, and then the cowboys and then the plumbers and the accountants. And it's much more like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm you know... Darren draws off, and I'm yeah. I I think it is in that the the superstars who are really going to get over are the ones who are playing exaggerated versions of themselves. But Vince McMahon is always going to push like the history thing, the WWF, which they still do, like then, now, forever. Yeah. Like part of that is it's a lot of it is fake, but it legitimizes it as an industry. Like, hey, this is a storied the storied tradition going back to Greco times mm. it's all part of the carney show it's all part of the pt barnum spectacle i see of that 
So like, I think you're right by, by when you say like, yes, it's more personality driven and a little bit more like the, the way that they present characters is a little bit more honest and a little bit more realistic and a little bit more fully fleshed out. Um, but I think when it comes to like using the, they're not calling them legends at this point, but like the old personalities, it's hard because we're also not seeing what's happening in Japan, what's happening in ECW, what's happening in WCW that is influencing a lot of this too. And we're watching mm. it in a vacuum. And I don't want, I think we need to be careful not to to isolate this and think this is like evolution happening in a vacuum. No, that makes sense. Uh, I, I guess like, you know, I related almost similarly. I was listening to the the episode that we released like the yesterday or whatever, um, where we talked, I think, Aaron, you talked about how Jim Cornette was kind of like, let's get back to real wrestling. Let's get back yeah. to wrestling. And that's a lot of, it seems like that's what's happening is like, they're like, we're, let, let's just get back. Like, let's, you know, we're going to have some, a lot of things happen. There'll be a lot of stuff being thrown at the, at the wall, but like also, you know, there is a certain amount of like, and, and probably is happening with a lot of other promotions. Yeah. But also, they're not getting back to wrestling. No. And as a matter of fact, like the wrestling has never been worse for the most part here. Like the actual, like the in ring stuff, like you watch an episode of raw at this, like in, in this point here, a match isn't going to go longer than like six minutes basically. And they're not, and it's like schmaz good. On schmaz usually. On schmaz. Like it's, yeah, it's bringing in, it's building up these characters as people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's your point. Like, yeah. that's, uh, that definitely feels really true. Um, but I, think... yeah, it's a hard point. It's a hard line I'm trying to walk with this point. It's more along the lines of I think what what you what you've acknowledged, which is yeah, like the idea that they're all like these. Whether it's I guess, guess whether it's real or not, these guys are all storied like wrestlers who have been you know they have a long history, a long and illustrious history. Yeah, and and even with with. The, the new guys there's a lot more trying to like big up their past as well second and generation athletes uh, football like well like the attitude like you don't think I'm an athlete well they right went again, they uh, went deep into what Mick and uh, Terry were doing over in Japan and all of those matches right and, talking and about other promotions yes. because this is keeping like wrestling's becoming a huge pop culture phenomenon right now in the biggest mainstream way they've never ever ever experienced at like this scale like maybe hulkamania is probably the closest mm-hmm. but this is like it's a savvier smarter audience and they know they're pushing up against the this is fake shit like what's this fake hokey shit yeah so all of this like the attitude promo that's like all them being like i break bones i did this i'm a champion of this i won this super bowl ring or whatever like all of that is like legitimize this form of entertainment and i think that goes a long way of being like hey Mad Dog Bashan, who'd been wrestling here for 40 years and beloved by the people here in this city, um, is part of that. Gotcha. And part of Vince's little, like, boner to have to, like, get recognized as a, as a legitimate thing. <laughs> All right. Let's lighten things up a little bit. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell on a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. Sure, I'll jump in. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give my Slammy award for like oof, <laughs> way off. So wait, the oof award? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For um terrible choice of I guess I guess tenderness would be a simile. Um, as Jr. describes Road Dog's hair as Bob Marley esque dreadlocks. Yeah. Which makes me wonder which part of that he doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> 
is it Road Dog? Is it Bob Marley or is it the Dreadlocks? Like, yeah. what part yes. of it doesn't he understand? Because he definitely got something real. Going wrong. back to my notes, I definitely wrote down what the fuck do you know about Bob Marley, <laughs> yeah. Jr. I'm really glad it didn't come up earlier. I was like, shit, I could be my slammy. I'm gonna give the um, Curse of IKEA award to The Rock for his unfortunate chair incident. When he first swung the chair at Farouk, it bounced off the ropes and hit him in the head. I see that. And then it went down on, and uh, I think he pile drove him onto there, giving that horrible neck injury that we all commented on later. Uh, yeah, was that? Do you think that was like a real thing he was doing, or like was that an accident, or was that like on purpose that he accidentally? I think that was on purpose. Yeah, that hit himself with the chair. That's great. Um, I really thought, and I feel like I wish that um, that I had a smack over you so that I could smack you over this because I really thought you were gonna call out the fact that Jr. Uh, to hit our to hit the frequency slammy um, from you know many episodes ago. Jr. talks about how Mark Merrow. A lot of people say that Mark Merrow looks like Little Richard. And I was very surprised. Huh, I know. I missed that, that completely. That you missed that. Woo. I caught that. Uh, that's not my slammy. So my slammy is a little bit more complicated. It's, um, I'm calling it the uh, straight to porn. Like, don't, do not pass go. Go straight <laughs> to porn slammy. Because um, there were a couple sound bites from the Dude Love uh, Austin match that I thought were hilarious and I cut them together and I'm just gonna play them for you right now. Dude Love's got a pole! My God, he's hung! <laughs> it's like the, the old the, the Adam Sandler one. Are these guys having sex or are they wait or are they wrestling? Are they wrestling in a main event? <laughs> Um, oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, we are definitely having sex right now. You are inside of me right now. Right, stop, you guys. Take, take that bump right into my ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the My God, He's Hung was amazing. If uh, I had a nickel. <laughs> uh, that's, that's my slammy. All right. Great work this week, guys. Um, one quick shout out that I've got is for, and I hope you're getting, I'm getting your name right. Daniel Croxton, who likes literally every post that I put up on Facebook. I don't know you. Does anyone know him? No, no, we, no, we do now. Croxton, New friend. Daniel yeah. Croxton, new friend. Yeah. He like, anytime I, I post a picture and he like always, he is within like within an hour, I want to say he likes it. Awesome. So, uh, hit us up, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up. Uh, yeah, I mean, like not to sound too like we love, we do it all for the fans. Um, but yeah, it is really cool to see you guys like retweeting and liking tweets and liking posts and whatever. And like, we are so open to feedback. <laughs> like, please tell us what you want to hear more of or less of or whatever. Yeah, uh, there's we got a review. I don't know who that person is, but thank you for it. I mean, again, hopefully by this time. There's more reviews, but we got like our 11th review. Hey. It was a coworker of mine. Oh, very nice. <laughs> well, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. Love us, disagree? Want to rip off our prosthetic leg? Let us know. Email us at helenacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Helena Cell Pod or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. 
Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us. Please rate and review us. Like, there's a whole bunch of people that we know, like, in real life that uh, we're very close to. I'm looking at you for your literal spouses. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to ask. Because as we because have my established... fiancé has reviewed... She has, but also as we established, my husband did not write the Dante's Inferno review. Yeah, video. yeah, your husband's trash. Get on that. <laughs> he's listening, though. He is. He told me today he's up to episode... He finally listened to episode five, and he texted me. He's like, oh my god, I just got to episode five, and you're right. Like, it really, really picks up at episode five. <laughs> and I was like, I told you. And we're going to keep picking up. We'll be back again for King of the Ring. <laughs>